we actually are going. Okay. Yeah, no, I was <laughs> waiting for you to do the, the thing there. I, I was like, are you going to get up and like, fucking turn on the recording? No. Because the show's already started. Because the show's already on. Hey, <laughs> let's go. This is it. We're at the. We're in the studio. It's hot in here. Ooh, it is this, warm. Uh, it's we are. If you don't know, um, we record in Georgia, and it's warm in here. So welcome to a very sweaty edition. It's ninety-three degrees, and it's like four thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, and don't forget <laughs> a four hundred percent humidity rate. Correct. Right? Quite honestly, the ether sea is outside. It's mm -hmm. easy for people in the south to have the concept of the ether sea because we. Literally walk through water. It's it's soup every day. Mmm, delicious nice hobo butt soup is what nice it smells nice like. Lukewarm tomato bisque. Oh, uh, yeah. It's my favorite stupid joke from Star Wars. Uh, how hot is a back to tank? It's lukewarm. Lukewarm. Ba -da -ba -ba -da -ba. Hey. Anyway, this is the Atlanta Warhammer podcast. Uh, we're going to talk about some Warhammer stuff. I'm Zach. I'm Josh. And, uh... Yeah, that's about it. We're, I think we're just going to dive in. Pretty much, like, yeah. Like, uh, I guess at the top of the show, here's the things that we're talking about today. Yes, we're going to talk first off about the Cities of Sigmar previews, because I am super duper excited. This is obviously my my jam is all we about got these some guys. nerdy models to talk yeah, about. Yeah, oh man, and there's uh, that big guy. Can't wait. I can't wait to talk about it. And Josh is going to have to politely sit through that, <laughs> because then after that, we're going to talk about this GHB. 23-24, baby. We oh did it. Oh, my God. They we listened got, to us. We got us. rid of it. They we got rid of the six-month bullshit. We won. We won, We won, everybody. We did it. They specifically listened to us yeah. on this show, or maybe the one time at a trade show I was talking with one of the reps, and I was like, that really kind of sucks. Six months kind of sucks, guys. And they were like, oh, it is kind of yeah, bad. Okay, we'll get rid of that. Um, they, li they listened. They we, we did it, Joe. We did it. Yeah. I believed, and, and I think this is a good thing, and I really hope this is the trend they continue with, is just a full year because i think actually here's a hot take I think this is pretty good for a full year yeah i didn't see anything that made me go this is i don't want to work hey, with this by the way spoilers for the rest of the show in case you don't want to listen to us anymore the book's good the book's good yeah go i mean it's weird to refer to the <laughs> ghb because it's like if you're going to play in tournaments and things you have to you have, have it. to have it right so it's kind of like here's a review of a thing you're going to buy right but, but it's also nice to know if you're going to like the thing that you're going to buy or yeah. if i mean previously you could have just taken six months off if you if we would have been like, hey, the last one kind of sucked. Wait six months, you know, maybe maybe take a break. A lot of people did. Yeah, and enjoy your family, I guess, or something. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> play another game. I don't know. Honestly, a lot of people played other games. Played like, other games. I mean, it's no lie that our local community, a lot of people saw the the six month cycle coming in, didn't really jive with the Galatian Champion win, and went, yeah, you know what, I'm gonna try I'm Star Wars Legion. Yeah, you know, hang out. I as just gestured you to you a just, giant pile of Star Wars Legion. Gestured to the box of Star Wars Legion. You notice I've got a uh, rebel and a uh, bad guy set. I Imperial. I can't imagine why you're showing me that. Set. I don't want to play this because it's it's. Listen, I hate painting white. This is Hoth mm. and, and Empire. Mm -hmm. It's a lot I, of white. I want to paint Darth Vader, and that's it. That's the only one I want to paint out of that so box. So you, well, why don't you just get like a freaking you know piece of charcoal? Slap it on the, slap it on the. Oh, that's the that's pre hot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's if you're playing Shatterpoint and you're using gotcha. the, the burnt Anakin edition. <laughs> that, see, uh, if I can find it again, I will put it up on our threads because we have a threads now. Yeah, we do. Because I've chosen Team Zuck over which billionaire we give a shit about. I guess I don't know. Yeah, Zuck over Musk. I yeah. guess. I don't. We don't. That sounds care. like we're comparing bad smells. I mean, Musk Zuck, obviously. Yeah, Zuck, over Zuck. Musk. You got a Zuck smell going yeah, on? I guess so. I don't know. I don't know. The weird what smell, there's a weird smell in this office right now. Yeah, well, the candle. I know. And also my farts. It's an evening fireside glow. It is. Oh, is, it, is that what it says on it, it? No, it literally says evening fireside glow yeah, well, it. I yeah, thought we so have, it's, it's very romantic. We'll I appreciate that. We'll have a little that. fireside chat here, yeah. you and I. <laughs> a little fireside chat with some fireside models. Yeah. Yeah, and some fire models. Yeah. 
but no Fire Slayers. No Fire Slayers models. Well, I guess they not, had the, not yet. the one in the Harbingers thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I guess, yeah, even Fire Slayers models. Look at that. We're just including everybody. That's it. Oh, hey, and you know who else is included is our three sponsors. Gigabytes Cafe, which you can go online right now and, and they can buy all this stuff we're talking about or pre-order or whatever. It should be up by the time the show's up. If not, keep refreshing constantly. It will be there eventually. Just never stop refreshing. Yes. Yeah. And the other person that we like uh, on our fireside chats and having a nice, uh, on a bearskin rug, mm. Mm, Llama Juice Painting. Mm, yes, yes. Cuddle you me know, anytime, Llama. Oh, man. Juice me anytime, Painting. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Isn't that just watercolor if you're, like, juicing a painting? Yeah. Well, if you're juicing a painting, do you get kicked out of the Olympics? I think so. Yeah. My painting what is too swole. <laughs> Hold on. I kind of want this as an Olympic event now, like obscure Olympic events. Speed painting. Speed, mini speed miniature painting. Speed miniature painting. As an Olympic painting. event would be pretty exciting I for five to ten people. Which is exactly how many people are <laughs> Which, watching the Olympics. So it's in the Winter Olympics <laughs> is what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. Is there like a Spring Olympics? <laughs> What's the ESB and the Ocho version of the Olympics? That's mm. the one we're on. And I'm not going with the obvious route of the one that we could actually probably qualify for. Uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. Um... Yeah, Cartman did that. And he yeah, got a lot I'm of gonna trouble. say it's gonna be like a nice, uh, like a February, like a late February Olympics. Yeah, they have one that's just like maybe like three days long. It's like a long weekend. Just do it. Just do it in the. Just doing that February. Yeah, <laughs> long weekend Olympics. It's like you don't have to really clear a lot of your schedule. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just take the Friday off from work, come in, compete in some things. Yep. Yeah. And they just send you on your way again. That's just a Warhammer tournament, pretty much. Except fun and interesting to watch. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh, and then finally, Blueberry Podcast, oh, yeah. who for some reason puts on, uh, continues to put up with our ridiculous bullshit yeah, on, their, on their family of podcasts that are usually about business, and we are about business, kind of. Yeah, it's weird that I think it is predominantly like a lot of inner business, inner office, like not inner office, but like I guess if you're, you know, a big corporations and stuff have had podcasts that are employee news and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, you big... You big corporation podcast and then you got us I know weird somehow, little nerds in the corner we're sticking in there I still don't know who used our code I don't know either. it won't tell me it just yeah. tells me we had one use of our code but you know so. what we appreciate that person yeah, I appreciate so if you too want to start a podcast I don't know go to blueberry podcast and use our code it's ATL on the website war. ATL war it's also that yeah I'll never change it because I don't remember how and that's good enough for us that's good that's the quality of show <laughs> you're getting here folks I got asked earlier why don't you guys have a patreon what, are you, what would you pay for Great question. <laughs> Although I, I don't know, I don't know why they continue to stick with us, but they do, and we appreciate you. We do. We appreciate our fans. Um, and I was the idea I came up for the Patreon. I'm going to launch it right here. I'm going to tell you is maybe we just charge a dollar a month, and then at the end of the year we do. Uh, you and I do a boudoir shoot as various Age of Sigmar characters and put up a calendar. That is the most horrifying and hilarious thing yeah. I've ever heard, and I'm totally on board. All right, for sound this. off on our Threads account because I got to get that like <laughs> active or something. I don't know how that works, but like follow us there and, and tell us if Thread you us, man. or. We would you pay a dollar for that not to happen? <laughs> Maybe that's the better option. A dollar for this to not exist, please. We have a subscription, but it's a threshold, and everybody has to contribute. Otherwise, we start taking off our clothes. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, uh, all right. Well, we found our way to be millionaires, I think, at that I point. I think you're right, yeah. So let's talk about what we're going to use those millions on, which yeah. is uh, toys. Apparently, um, these Dawnbringer Crusades, that's the Cities of Sigmar, they got a bunch of new models. Uh, we want to talk about some of them because they're I okay fine yeah some of them are really cool looking <laughs> for, you cities of, for you cities of Sigmar players <laughs> Ugh. Uh, most notably I really like the guy with the uh, with the head in a in a cage on a stick yeah that guy he's the <laughs> what is it the relic envoy yeah delivers important messages to the front lines 
Uh, it, it offers eerie advice and spectral scolding. We were saying before the show, what if it's just really bad at its job? Mm -hmm. But you just you have to have it for the magical benefits, but it's constantly like, hey, you should go punch that brute. Hey, you can take a brute by yourself. Hey, go, you get totally it. go get that guy. Hey, hey, this uh, this formation you've got? Perfect. 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 No, hey, uh, never going to have any problems. No, no, no. Don't waste your unleash hell on those dogs. Right. Don't. <laughs> he, gives, he actually gives you, like, bad game advice. <laughs> He's like, oh, it costs two CP to do that. Mm -hmm. You're like, what? Oh, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So... Uh, this is from the 23rd, I don't know, whenever this, this preview was, the first? Is it the first? Well, it's the uh, Cities of Sigmar preview. You've seen it on the Warhammer community site, if you it's haven't. It's the not Warhammer 40k preview. Yeah, which, by the way, included Warhammer 40k. It did. You, just because it's just cause epic scale is like, that's still, that's still tiny Space Marines, guys. Um, but yeah, so this was a lot of city stuff. We kind of knew that's the preview was going to be a lot of Age of Sigmar, because, I mean, they got, what else? Lord of the Rings? They got some cool dwarf models. They got, like that. they got stuff. They got stuff. So but on this, you're listening to an AOS podcast. So we talk about the AOS stuff. <laughs> you're listening to this AOS podcast. <laughs> you probably shouldn't. All right. So um, I was looking at the, the... So there's one question I have. Sure. Go this. for it. Um, and here's, it's question slash theory. Normally, when they paint models, mm -hmm. they paint them as the thing that's the thing in charge of that stuff. So you've got your Stormcast... The, the golden blue guys, you know, KO, it's, which one's the... Uh, Baraknar, usually. Baraknar, yeah, the one that Brock is in, right? Yeah. Yeah, so, like, normally, they paint up their launch kits for stuff like that on that particular thing. For cities, it's traditionally been Hammerhall, mm -hmm. blue and gold. It looks great next to the Stormcast. You have the plumes and everything like this. There's one city that, if you notice, uh, is black and red. And, like, I'm looking at all of these models and all of the little swapped insignias and stuff like that. And I'm like, they are doing a lot of these in black and red. And it looks really good. Yeah. And it gives it kind of, like, a sinister, harsh look. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I, I don't know how else to describe it, but, like, the paint jobs on these is one of the best basic schemes they've done. It's also very close to Anvil Guard. It's actually Anvil Guard colors, which I got really excited. And I was like, oh, it's just Anvil Guard. Wait. It's not Anvil Guard. Anvil Guard's gone. It's not Anvil Guard. But man, if I paint my guys like this and I add them into my lore-based army that is hunting the people who messed up Anvilgar, they're going to look perfect. So let's talk about these models real fast. Yeah, go for it. All right, so you've got your general and his, his uh, little guy with the head in the stick. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. I like that guy. I like that there's so many options for this marshal. You can give him two guns, a sword, a hammer, sword and shield. Uh, it's, it's cool to see a kit like that that I'm going to... I mean, I'm going to end up with... Let's see, is it in the starter box? Yeah, so here comes three of these for me, probably. <laughs> um... It's nice to not have a monopose character model. Right. And, and having a little variety for cities. This is the Kit Basher's army. This mm -hmm. has always been the Kit Basher's sculptors, painters. If you want to mess with stuff, you cities. Do green, you want to do some green stuff? Yeah. You, you, wanna, got, you got options here. You got an old sorcerer from Black Dragon. You want to rebase and use it for something. Hey, that's in the game. You got so. some pewter you want to put on there? <laughs> oh, it's got space for pewter. So I, I, I really like that they've been smart about that and giving yeah. us multiple options on this. Um, and even that yellow and black looks really good. Yeah, this is this is one of the better. I, I you were just saying, but like this is one of the better paint jobs that they've done to show off a model because it's a lot of nice contrasting colors. Shows a lot of depth on the model. There's a million doodads and pieces to paint and kind of space to play with. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, you, you're gonna you, you got options. You got, you got options. lots of options to to mess around with some stuff. I just realized I think I can build guy holding just his helmet and shield, no sword. But if I paint him blue and red, I'm just going to make a medieval Captain America. Because <laughs> his helmet has little wings. I mean, I can put little wings on there. Put little wings. Yeah. So that's cool. I appreciate the multi-pose kit. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Even though I think it's only the three there. But you know what? Anybody who's 
got a little expertise with an exacto knife, you're gonna make it work. You can do all kinds of different fun things. Yeah. Fear not. And then you have a guy who's serving up some hot soup. He's got the hottest of soup. Uh, that good good paint job on the steam there coming off that soup too. Yeah, I, I think can't. it's supposed to be like molten lead. Yeah, well, he's a, a shaman. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's sense. a metal mage guy. It's an alchemite warforger. That ah. alchemite warforger, Warhammer, that's almost real words. What's up? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> like, that, that didn't sound like nonsense fantasy speak when I said it out loud. A little bit, but not as much as the Gold College of Shaman. The metallurgic mages. Good alliteration here. Yeah. Well done. I think this is, I mean, it, I'm obviously going to get a lot of this because also if they continue to have the parody with Stormcast and uh, Stormkeep builds mm -hmm. and stuff mm -hmm. like that, which I assume they're going to have to do some updating on that. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, this guy's cool because he's, you know, he's spooky looking, but he kind of has that weird, um, I don't know how to describe the look they're going for on this, where it's it feels like an AI generating an 80s children's movie from Don Bluth in live action. Wow, that was so many words you just threw together, and I got a perfect picture. Yeah. But good gracious, yes. With a little dark crystal thrown in. Like, that's, like, the aesthetic, and it's working so well for it. Yeah. So that guy's cool. I can't wait to see what people put in the little clamps uh -huh. that he's got, because that's, that's right for putting silly things in there. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's got a bucket, too. And who doesn't love a good bucket? It's a bucket of Nurglings. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. And then we've got the Steel Helms, the Free Guild Steel Helms. Yes. Uh, look at all these nerds. <laughs> They're I, just so I appreciate looking. They, I appreciate the the pudginess of these models in particular. Like, they're all, like, just a little round. Yeah. Which is, they, which is perfect. They look like a guy or a gal who is put on armor, and you put on armor over heavy clothing. Because right. having worn armor and fought in it, uh, you have to have stuff underneath it. Yeah, Otherwise, you don't want to pinch. No, it just pinches and rips your skin off. Yeah. So, like, they look like bulky people. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, of course, if you're going out to fight, I don't know, anything in this universe, you're going to wear, like, armor and chainmail and some leather and whatever you got. And so I really like how they have, like, other stuff kind of on them. They're all in uniform, but it all looks like there's a little bit of mm. wear and tear, a little customization. Except for, the, except for the one guy that's literally holding a club and has one tooth. Yeah, so, <laughs> so let's talk about one tooth club guy. I'm a thousand percent sure that that guy is... I think, like, a banner bearer for the <laughs> unit. I'm assuming. Because you've got the banner bearer, but the banner bearer also has a horn. So uh -huh. that's cool. Maybe you can just have one unit, one model be the musician slash banner guy. He's the, he's the toot toot guy. Yeah, in a game where it doesn't matter if the model actually has a flag or a, a horn on it most of the time, it is weird that you still have to use two models to do that. You mm -hmm. can't just be like, well, he can hold a flag and play a trumpet. How does the, zo the zombie noise maker kills me? I know I've ranted on this before. <laughs> How does the zombie is, know to make noise? This is this is, this is your white whale, man. <laughs> does the zombie? Does somebody like have to show it a whole bunch? Do the other zombies care? Anyway, these guys definitely care about noise, and they care about uh, somebody's drunk uncle carrying around a broken sword <laughs> in a box. This is legitimately like the guy where in like the fantasy movie where they like wander over to like a farm mm -hmm. and they're like, "What are you here for?" And it's like. Oh no! This is like the best swordsman all around, but he's like he's he's clearly retired. Yeah, he's been drunk for at least four years. Oh yeah, yeah. And, and this is the guy that walks out, and you're like, "That's the best swordsman." Yeah, you're like, you're "That's like, the guy that's gonna save the kingdom." It's like, yeah. And we just need to get him. We just need to whip him back into shape. Yeah, we need. We just need to get him sober and get him cleaned up. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we're looking at the model of him sober and cleaned up. No, right now. this is the, this, <laughs> this is the, the beginning of his times, journey. Yeah. Maybe this guy eventually. If this you're, is before his montage. <laughs> this is absolutely before his montage. He gets the glow up and becomes like the uh, the multi pose commander. Mm -hmm. uh, I assume that's supposed to be a relic of a sword in a box. But when everyone else has cool heads and stuff in boxes, it feels weird to just have a broken dagger. 
Yeah, he's got some skulls. They can't see or speak. Yeah, because of the little band. I don't know what that's <laughs> about. I don't know yeah. what they're doing there. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a bit gothy, uh, but I like it. Not I like that that banner's clearly not freehand, so I don't have to worry about that. I love yeah. once again that they're leaving those big blank spots on everybody, so you can put your logo, your logo, put your icon, make your own icon, do whatever you want. Put your stickers on there. Yeah, put your put your stickers on there, and then Cavaliers horses. Horse boys, I think we've talked about we've talked about these guys before. We talked about them. Uh, we've seen previews of these before. We love that we love the Cavaliers. Yes. Uh, we are suckers for cavalry models. Please uh, have good rules. Please have good rules. Have good this rules, is always guys. this is always a thing. Cavalry models look the coolest. Uh, at least in newer Age of Sigmar, the old Age of Sigmar. Yeah, not not as great. Cavalry looked like trash. Um, but well, they had to be within a foot, like <laughs> they had to be within an inch of each other in terms of the real world scale. So they right. had to like nobody could swing their arms out. Yeah, it was very, everybody was very skinny. Every Chaos Warrior looks like he's carrying two ice cream cones very gingerly in front of him. <laughs> it's, it's the rain. Oh, yeah, the, the AC rain. just makes that noise. By the oh, way, okay. I saw yeah, you look up. Like, yeah, I was like, is that it whole cracks thing? sometimes. I was just wondering if it, the whole thing was going to come down. I wanted to be prepared. That'd be an exciting show. That it would. That it would. The roof collapses <laughs> on us. Um. But yeah, I mean, cavalry still looks great. Excited for it. Hopefully the rules are also awesome for them because I would like to see these on the table, on the regular. Um, yeah. Any, honestly, any cavalry on this, the table I would like to see. This is the perfect army out of all of the armies. Because this, this game, I love this game. It has some fucking nonsense factions. Mm -hmm. What even is the Ossiarch Border Reapers? <laughs> really? Like... What are KO? Some of the... I know Deepkin. Yeah. We choose the weird ones. But like, all these are bizarre. This is, like, the most traditional thing. So it needs to have good cavalry that charges in from the flanks. It needs to have a stand-and-shoot line. We'll get to that in a second. Mm -hmm. It needs to have, like, you know... Your, inf your infantry hold position, guys. Yeah, it needs to and feel like you're playing an old kind of fantasy game. Yeah, and your leader's in the back. Issuing commands. The cavalry needs to be good. Yes. For this to have any impact. And then... And then... Oh, hold on, look at this. You get the uh, cards and tokens and stuff that are going to be immediately <laughs> yeah, updated. I do that. like the gun token. I don't know if you can see that. And Is it just a token that's just a pistol? So what's the gun token going to do for this book? Uh, and yes, I absolutely did try to zoom into this image and enhance it 400 times to start getting stats. Enhance! In case enhance. anyone wants to know what the characters enhance. are going to do. Um, so it looks like the Free Gear Marshal, has, he's got his own heroic action. Um, I don't know what it does, but I'm wondering if that's like... Every army kind of has a, a thing they do, and I'm wondering if cities is going to be, like, a lot of orders, because I've looked at how the Astro Militarum works in 40k, New 40k, and it's like, eh, this, this feels Pretty like you could, just, you could just do that kind of concept. Uh, and then I can see over here on this sheet, oh, Elf Order, Human Order, Cities of Sigmar Order, Dwarden Order. That's fucking cool. So if you have gone into a themed version of your city's army, like, I don't know, anyone that owns all of the uh, Corsairs, so many Corsairs. I found another 20 I've never even built in my house while cleaning over the weekend. And did you build them that weekend? No, because oh. I have almost 100 already built. Of the <laughs> I don't need any more. I don't know what to do with them. No one wants Scourge Runners, so it's, I can't give them away. Um, but if you go Feeny, it looks like you're going to be able to play to that theme. Ooh. And that's really neat because that was the thing that kind of sucked with the last city's book is while the, the city gave you a theme, the unit choices really interacted with their heroes, and that was about it in terms of flavor. Mm -hmm. I would mm -hmm. like to be able to build a cool coalition that is like an elf city that feels different than a dwarf city and that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to throw all that in the trash and buy this goddamn Manticore. Yep. This Manticore is too there's, cool. There's no way that you're not immediately going out and buying this Manticore. This is perhaps the coolest model. 
uh, they've ever released. I am so happy for two reasons. One, it doesn't look like it's going to replace the uh, Battlemaster or Battle Mage on Griffin, uh -huh. which is great because I have two. I have one of each of those, and I have this, which means I can play with the Tor line, my obnoxious wingspan army, where no one can pile into anything because the model is clearly five feet over Too the border. Big. <laughs> but secondly, that means those models are probably still going to be in the book, which is good because they're big, and I've just finished painting one of them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. This figure is... I don't know. This may be one of my favorites. It's obviously in my favorites. This may be like top 10 for me in terms of models. It's a great model. Like It is a nightmare paint job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I broke one of the guys that works here when I explained to him that I don't paint in sub-assembly and I don't use airbrush and his mind hurt. Just, just, you just watch him like just very slowly shut down. I showed him a picture of my Angron from 40K that I just have completely base coated that I intend to paint, you know, when I get to it. Yeah. It's always assembled and everything and he's like, what are you doing? I know if I do some assembly, it's not going to look that good anyway. Yeah. So I might as well do the whole thing. We're not once. good painters, no. so we just slap it all together, give it a, give it a base, and then we'll slowly start painting it. That way, we can play with them. Yeah, I, that's my thing. I always have a fully painted army at the tournament. It may not be the best painted army, but it is fully painted and based every time. I uh, the wings on this are going to be frustrating for me because I'm going to keep looking at them, going, I can't do that. So it's not the wings that are throwing me off. It's the it's the heads in the box. Oh, see, that's, I think I could do that easy. I, I painted a lot of corpse heads in boxes. A lot of my armies have heads there's, on them. There's a like, so this is the part where I mean, it's, it's like sub-assembly would actually be, like, helpful because Cause that's you stand a right lot, in front of it. Too. That's a lot of uh, little angles that you got to kind of get in there to, to do yeah. all the doodads on. And the figure is standing directly in front of it, too. Correct. I assume you would just leave her off. Like, that's the kind of sub-assembly I do, where I can just not put the orc on top of the Maw Crusher. Mm, so you can paint it's, it's just yeah, one the whole glue. thing and then just pop them on after the, yeah. at the end. Yeah. So this thing is, uh, obviously... Huge. It's huge, <laughs> yes. Um, it's, uh, so you got a named character variant, but you're going to have a non-named variant as well, because that's how it always works. This is Talia Vedra, the Lioness of the Parch, who rides out as the scorching heart of Akshi's military. Solid. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds cool. Sounds cool. You know, it was an action. Just saying. Um, <laughs> never forget. So, uh, the former mercenary, blah, 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 blah. She's got some cool lore about her and stuff like that. And her Infernadine is the name of her manticore. Sure. Why not? Hey, props for just using the word manticore, by the way. Yeah. GW. GWs, are you okay? It's <laughs> weird. This isn't uh what would it, let's see, what would this actually be? Uh, oh, oh! The, uh, you mean the GW name scheme for yeah. Manticore? A cornament? Mm. Would they just <laughs> flip it? Uh, a Mont, a Monty? How about a, a Mont a core? How about a corn on the Kaba man? A corn on the Kaba, <laughs> a cornomancer. <laughs> I, I that's probably it. I think mm. that's what they would do. Well, then it would be in corn. <laughs> I don't know if it has blood. It's in corn, actually. Right. Uh, naming things. So, yeah, this is cool. I'm going to buy it. Um, I hope... No! Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I, I hope that it is Never good. Never would have guessed. I'm a little concerned that I'm looking at a sword, a uh, axe, and a scepter, and, like, I don't want to have to magnetize, guys. Don't make me... Don't make me do this. There's a weird trend where they put out a new model, and it has multiple weapon options, and then about a year later, it has accursed weapons or yeah. holy armaments or something. I think that's what it's going to wind up being. I think there's just going to be like the named version and then the unnamed version. And the unnamed version, you can throw whatever on there. It's fine. I hope so. Because I, I like the look of the uh, the sword, 
obviously, mm-hmm. but like, if that's not the best one, I mean, I'm a fan of the axe personally, but the axe is pretty cool too. The 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 only the only reason I would be mildly concerned is because the one optional assembly looks like a staff, like a scepter of some variety. Yeah, and that would make me think, oh crap, is this a, is is there going to be like a magic variety? Like, hmm. so you have like the named version, the magic version, and then the melee version, and that could be where it's like it gets weirdly split. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I can yeah. see that being how it is. So then like, you have to magnetize. So then Sorry. you have to magnetize. <laughs> or buy five. Or buy five. Uh, I don't think it's going to come in the starter box, though, obviously. It's not shown in the group picture, so <clears> this <throat> this would be a bit hefty this for the starter box. Is, this is a 120 model. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think maybe 150. Oh, I think 150? With, with, yeah, because I'm looking wait, at... Wait, is that with inflation? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think with actually with the price infl- increases and stuff they've done. Yeah, it's it, might be, one, it might be 150 now. Yeah, but it looks so cool. It does look really cool. How many are you buying? Two? One? Uh, at least one. Let's see if I can mortgage the house a second time on the first mortgage. Oh, she's got an orc skull. Or no, a gargan skull. I don't know. I'm finding new things to like about this figure as we stare at it on the thing. Which well, means we need to look well, at something else. Don't stare any longer. I'm not. Good, because we have a whole book to do. Wait a minute, we forgot. There was one more quick update. Wait, there was? I put it on the oh, iPad. Crap. It's on oh, one yeah, of the other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aha, I pre-planned. It's on the tab. You were already in the... Grandpa, no, you were in the safari. Damn Go it. to the internet button. Oh. Press the internet. <laughs> is it in my tabs? Oh, God. Oh, God. Free, is it Free Guild Fusiliers? Yes. Which I, I will never be able to pronounce this correctly. Fu- Fusiliers? 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 Fus- Fus- Gunmen. Black powder dudes. Gunmen. The, yeah. Also, guns. Holy crap, so many guns. So many guns. So guns here you go. Guns with shields? Shield guns? Shield guns? They have, uh, there's like repeater cannons. I like that they are, the, the guns are like... The weird, um, like it's like a pole. <laughs> it's not like a like a gun per se, uh, I, as you and I would think of them. But you've got like the double pistol guy. He's got his own little shield thing. Like these characters, these models are so full of character and stuff. I, I really like them. And they come with a little guy who's the little patsy guy. Oh yeah, I saw. I just saw his the 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 supply run dude. The the black powder squire. Very <laughs> good, sir. Hustle. Hustle! This is the true hero of the Age of Sigmar. It really is. Because he's armed with a flag with a little point on it uh, and a bunch of explosives that will kill him if he gets hit. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I, I like I like this. Uh, it's a five-man group, so it's not going to replace the standard gun line, I believe, because those are ten-man packs. Unless they're just completely redoing how the human side works. Um, and it's no, it's not so much horde anymore, which would be kind of disappointing because this is an army that feels cool to have a lot of guys on the table doing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I like, the, I like these guys a lot. I like their... It looks like there's a lot of fun kit bashing stuff you can do. Once again, shout out to the paint jobs just being too good yeah. on this stuff. The weathering on that. That's the thing that gets me is I look at the shields and I'm like, those look incredible. And I know that weathering is all a really good painter. It's not me. <laughs> it's, it's not. Um, yeah. It's not me. Not us. Is that, is that a fish with legs? Yeah, that is. That's a fish with legs. One of them has a, a little fish with legs on his base. Huh? Just walking Weird. around, I guess. I think that's actually a thing in Soulbound. Is the fish with legs? I think you're right. Shout out if you know. If you're a fish with legs, comment below. What a wild! What a what a wild set of models. Yeah. Yeah, and also the guy with who already has a head wound is cool too. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like anybody who's just showing up with a concussion and they give him a cannon. Yeah, that's probably smart. I mean, if also the one guy that's not wearing a helmet at all, it's just like just got a naked head on top. It's like, dude, that's probably a bad idea. It's always the bald guys too. Yeah, it's like you think you'd want a helmet. You got nothing to stop you. Yeah, it's just a cool breeze right under this dome. So these guys are neat. I like them. Uh, I'm a little sad they're not in the starter box. That's the that's my one tiny complaint is the starter box comes with 
the knights and the soldiers and the general, but like I would have liked the shooters to be in there as well, just mm-hmm. so you mm-hmm. so you can take it out and immediately have the you know stand your ground and fire charge like all the kind of fun parts yeah. you want in the army. But I'm okay getting these guys later. And like I said, I'm pretty sure. I have no absolute authority on this whatsoever, but I'm pretty sure they're not going to get rid of the standard, like, handgunners, guard. Well, the guard, yes, but, like, the handgunners and stuff yeah. like that. They're not being legend yet. Not yet. Not like Bone Splitters, that update that we got. That <laughs> you guys got battle tactics, and I got nothing. They just ignored Bone Splitters entirely. Like, do we do we talk about that update? Did that come out after the uh, show? Yeah, we haven't talked about, this, we haven't talked about the update yet, because that's the July update. Oh, okay. Well, uh, uh, if I can find it real fast, we can talk about it. You, put it, on, you put it on my dude, Dad. Yeah, I know, and I didn't put it on mine. Well, why don't you talk about uh, some of the update stuff real okay, fast? Okay, cool. Happily. Um, so, a couple of major updates that are now part of the new GHP. Uh, and these are in the GHP as well, but like they release them separately because some of them need to get released separately. The first one, you know, coherency. This yes. is important. You know, coherency now is up to six models. Oh, thank God. <laughs> you no longer have to drift a guy in a weird position if you combine two three-mans. Or just, well, there's a prevalence now of, like, six-man units. Yeah. So there's a, there's a bunch that are like, oh, you were, like, I'm, uh, the the squig um, one comes to mind, where it's like, oh, you have, like, the squigs and then the, the herders. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they were, I think they were a six-man pack. Um, I think so. Yeah. And so that was always like, well, that's a weird coherency. It's now, so now you can have them as, as a line. Yeah. Again. Cool. Wait, that's great also, because think about, like, um, any of the, the three-pack bigger dudes like annihilators or necropolis stalkers or anything like that if you double sized it mm-hmm, um you mm-hmm. then had a really weird thing where it's like one guy was just not going to get in the fight guaranteed right and it really when you're paying 200 points for three models not getting one in the fight it's not great right so it kind of it kind of encouraged you to not necessarily want to grab those as dual things i like it it's a good change mm-hmm uh, the uh, the next uh, big one is lookout, sir, has been changed once again. My God! So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read the yeah. rule for, for lookout, sir. Uh, so they changed the rule to you must subtract one from the hit roll for an attack with a missile weapon. Uh, if the target is an enemy hero within three inches of an enemy that has three or more models, okay, that's the same. If that hero does not have a mount, uh, with the exception of companions, it can also not be targeted by attacks made with missile weapons if the attacking model is more than 12 inches away from them. So that's that's the big change yes. now. If you are more than twelve inches away, you can't target the hero with the lookout sir stuff. Like, also, the hero can't have a wounds characteristic of ten or more, which right. which know. stay the same as before. But yeah. yeah. So big that's another pretty big change. Uh it's actually almost like a it's actually kind of a carryover from the previous book. Mm-hmm. Because there was a rule in there that was like, Oh yeah, if you know, you can't target like outside of twelve inches yeah. for well, a thing. And now I, they're just like, Yeah, okay, yeah, we're gonna keep the heroes around a little bit because the play style for the longest time for shooting armies was just shoot the heroes so they don't exist anymore. Yes. And we can't do that. I have 15 long strikes. <laughs> I have shot many heroes yeah, off the table off when the I was table playing that just, list. Just in one go. And now you still can. You just have to be within 12 inches. You can't long strike it. Right. You can't. Do, I mean, this shuts down like the long super duper sniping stuff pretty hard. Yes. Um, but also it doesn't do it in an unfair way because it's like you can still hit the unit. Right. And if you peel off, if that unit goes down to two people, whoop, now you can see that guy. So it, it does for a shooting army, and you primarily are a shooting army on your KO. This true. It, it makes your target prioritization a little bit harder. If your opponent's being smart about like not letting you have access to the unit that has the hero they want in there. Yeah, it, it gives me... I have to make a choice now of either... like Do I want to pick off like the, the packs of dudes from further away mm-hmm. so I can stay out of range of 
of devastation, or do I get within twelve inches so that way I can pick off the heroes so they lose a lot of so they lose access to a lot of their buffs and stuff yeah. like that. So Death Players rejoice because you're no <laughs> yes. longer gonna get your heroes shot off and not be able to trigger any of your things. Right. Well, that's really good for Death Players. I, I have been playing a lot of Stormcast recently, so for me it's kinda like all right. You know, they they're probably gonna survive anyway. Mm-hmm, but that's mm-hmm. nice. Um, we saw the beta test of this with the Galatian veterans, yep. champions, whatever. And, uh, thing. and they were like, we like this, and so we're keeping it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the, the uh, Arcane Tome, you can bring it. Um, da, 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 da. I think, what, what changed on this? It says pink, but I thought that's what it did. Yeah, well, so I think it's just a rule. I think that one's just a rules clarification to say, hey, you can't be, you know, a wizard, priest, or corn. The, wizard, oh, okay. the, the bear does become a wizard, yeah. and then you can cast... You can cast a spell and unbind a spell, and but the spells that you can cast are just arcane, uh, arcane bolt, mystic shield, shield, and whatever uh, endless spells yeah. on your war scroll. So not your faction spells, which is interesting, right. because if I give a stormcast guy the tome, he doesn't know any stormcast spells, because it's just the arcane tome only lets you do these arcane bolt, mystic shield, and spells that are endless so spells. En- yeah, endless spells on your army. Maybe awesome. that's what the change was: is you used to be able to access faction if your character was like you can pick a faction spell and you uh, had maybe, arcane. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. I don't know. Either way, uh, it does turn on the Anditorian Locus thing, which we'll talk about yes. a little bit. So that's good to know. Keep that in your head when we get to the GHB, because I got some dumb combos on this. <laughs> got, got some, got some silliness. Uh, and then corn uh, changed. I, I don't know what it means. Yeah, there's there's a couple <laughs> of other like like other changes that are more faction specific. There's yeah. also, and we won't run through them, but we can just say you know there are also uh, battle tactics that are being added. For certain armies. Yeah, certain um, armies. Yeah, well, so <laughs> the important part of this is if you're adding, if, if they're choosing to add battle tactics for certain armies, it also tells you that they're probably not going to release a new book for that army, but they can give you some updates. Are you giving me hopes of a Bone Splitters independent tome again? We had one once! No, oh, but. <laughs> damn it. But maybe some of the others where it's like, oh, if like Orc Warclans players were hoping that maybe they would get another book mm-hmm. in the near future. Probably not. Um, Welcome to Stormcast Town. We're launch books. We yeah. are addition books. Yeah, so you'll probably, you know, like, I wouldn't be surprised if Stormcast isn't planning on getting a new book, like, if they're not planning for them, mm-hmm. like, right now, probably because of Cities of Sigmar. Yeah. They, but you might get updates in battle tactics. Yeah. So, Which is nice, especially for Stormcast. Because your found, battle tactics suck ass. When we found when we filmed our battle report, which will be out at some point. Our battle report in quotes. <laughs> <laughs> I learned two things from that. One, uh, we're very funny. Oh. We, we do a good job of entertaining. We're not very good at this game. No. We forgot. We also, we also abandoned the rules like halfway through the game. Also, I'm now, I have a part of the editing and assembly where I have the challenge of, did we forget to do this or did we not film this? Mm. Because I can't tell if certain things and roles happened because of, it's a learning process, everyone. We're doing our first battle report. We actually yeah. filmed it. We've got it editing. Uh, it will be out at some point. It's a learning process. Sure. It might be just a lot of watching Josh and I, that one time you were like, roll two ones. And then I rolled two ones and I hate <laughs> you forever for that. And then... Oh, hold on. Real fast. Sons of Bahamut, people. I oh. know you feel like nobody loves us, but we did get a little tiny boost there. Our battalions now do both things instead of making you choose one or the other. So you can... You're unified and swift and unified and magnificent when you take the Sons oh, of Bahamut. Nice. It's nice. It's a nice little thing because, honestly, that's an army that doesn't interact with a lot of what we're going to talk about after yeah, yeah. the break. Uh, and then, finally, there's a massive points update. Um, for a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> the oh. sound of the reductions is just... Brrr. Yeah. The, it's a warthog you know, sound. There's, there are green reductions, which are good, mm-hmm. and there are red reductions, which are bad, but also then sometimes good. Yeah, it's um, equalizing. Yeah, yes. it equalizes. 
let me tell you the ones that they were they were like, hey, we need to get more models on the table because that's the only way that we're gonna fix this. Uh, Ideneth Deepkin. Yep. Stormcast Eternals. Oh yeah. <laughs> My Stormcast list fits another Stormcast list <laughs> it does, now. It does indeed. Uh, Slaves to Darkness. Yeah, uh, except for like three. <laughs> right, but I think they, all they of those were like, were like we adjusted like five points. Also, the ones they did, they adjusted were the, the horse guys that like nobody's using, uh-huh. and the cats, which are great, yeah. but were already hundreds good for them. Yeah, uh, Skaven and Nighthaunt, all just like just point adjustments down the line. It does look like finally they have listened to us and they are on a fi- uh, they are on a 10 point scale, no longer a 5 point scale. Thank so, goodness. And shout out Let's go. Shout out to the big bone lord himself. Down 65 points. They put Nagash at 900. Yep. Thank you. It's about time. It's so nice because I looked at my list that updated and it's like, "Oh, I can actually play a game now when I have Nagash." And uh. the, the Nagash and Archon combo, it's not very good, but mm-hmm. it's fun thematically. Now you get a little more stuff in there. Uh, Gloom Spike Gets, they, they don't like you at all. They Ooh, tell no. you to shut the hell up. Dude, my trog list actually excludes a trog now. Like, it had gone down to where I got to add in a three unit of rock guts. It's now gone back up that I took that unit out again. It's like my bonus unit showed up, did that one tournament and left. Dude, I, my freaking uh, KO list that I had saved, which immediately got after this point update came out, it was like, oh, I'm just going to delete this list because I was 130 points over. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. what happened? <laughs> they, I, the point updates on KO were hilarious because they were like oh yeah by the way uh thunders you're going up 25 points per per pack of five so that uh that uh that double reinforced is very expensive now yeah you probably won't be seeing that as much and so it makes you commit to that one time where you're gonna just blow something away with that ability you really Mm -hmm. have to care about it yeah uh chemist went up 20 points navigator went up 15 admiral went up 15 it was a very expensive point a point update yeah Gloomspite's getting. Gloomspite's pretty much like, hey, please play spiders, is what this is. Correct. Is please play spider. Which well, this is the hey. Um, we know that we're not really giving you a whole lot of stuff. So what if we just flood? What if you just flood the board with models? Yeah. Night haunt is so cheap that it's like, my god, my god, the amount of ghosts you can put into a night chain rest for a hundred points. For that's silly. You can build such an awful army out of that, and by awful I mean like a pretty good, hard pity kind of army. Uh, honestly, like looking at these changes has made me want to go back and like go back to some of my older lists and see mm-hmm. if I can build something fun now. And as is tradition, I scrolled down to the Sons of Behemoth. I looked at them. I switched over to my one Sons of Behemoth list I play because I don't have King Broad painted up yet. Yeah, one more Gargan in there. The War Stomper with the. <laughs> and I hit the one Add Gargan button. One more Gargan. Got one more Gargan. <laughs> so over the course of this book being out, all I've done for the update this list is just add two Gargans over two years. Every year I get a new Gargan. Hey. Uh, considering we can't interact with anything else in this book, really, that we're about to talk about, it works. Having nine little guys and one big guy, and then getting double turned and getting extra command points that apply to all of my nine guys, and they're already in combat. I don't know that it matters if I didn't bring a wizard. <laughs> like, I, I kind of feel like I want to see if I can just be. It. It's like, oh, cool. So, yeah, we, that's we, a wizard with six wounds. Yeah, we were talking about this in our in our te- in our text chat. Um, but we were just like, oh, you're just gonna play wizard ball. Yeah, like, and the wizards are the ball. Yes, like. absolutely. <laughs> I am. I guarantee you. I don't know what kind of wizard you brought, but if he's under whatever the wounds limit is, I think it's six, right? Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, he's not going to take a hit from a man crusher to his face. That that information tracks. Probably, probably not. Okay. Um, so there you go. That's that's your that's your quick rundown of updates. Yeah. Uh, congratulations. Uh, we're going to take a break. We are going to come back, and then we are going to hit the general's handbook. Twenty three, twenty four. 
Are you still bringing gray plastic to the table game after game? Do you have a big tournament coming up, but your army is barely glued together? Don't worry, Llama Juice Painting is here to help. Free your minis from their drag gray existence and let Justin bring them to life. Whether you're looking for a single centerpiece to bring your collection together or more battle line options, Llama Juice Painting is your best source for finely painted commission work. Check out some of Justin's work on facebook.com slash painting and get your quote today. And welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that break, and I hope you're ready to dive in to this GHB. I'm so excited. I'm so excited a lot going on. for how excited you are on this GHB. Because I was, I was like, cool with it. You know, it's, it looks good. I'm I started texting happy. you the other day about it. And I you're like, oh, shit, I forgot the GHB came out. Yeah. <laughs> and, then you round out, and then you ran down to your local game store, Gigabyte's Cafe, yes. and picked up your GHB. I got my GHB. I picked it up on the shelf. They still have some of them on the yeah. shelf. Not a lot of them. And then, I could, and then I could tell when you started reading it, because then I started getting a bunch of text messages from you. <laughs> they were I, like, oh my god. And what's funny is I literally <laughs> opened it and turned to the enlist spells, because I was like, well, if they're going to make me wizard, I'm going to wizard. Yeah. I'm the guy that bought Forbidden Power. I got all the spells. Got I'm going to use them. You know? And they tell you what. Uh, right off the top, you're going to use endless spells. Hot take. Two of the spells you have literally never put on the table, and don't tell me you have, you bastard, you're lying, are going to be on the table a lot now. Yeah. I'm super excited about that. Endless spells are back, baby. They are. They, they are back. But this before the... we even get into all the endless spells, because we are going to get into those, we're going to dive real, real deep into them. Yes. In fact, there is a little bit of lore right there at the beginning is. about where we're fighting this season for the next year. For the next year. This is year. where our pitched battles, our contest of champions is going to be waged. It's a frozen tundra. It's a frozen tundra where the Everwinter's chill grasp grows with every passing day. That's right, on Disney Plus and or. I'm sorry, <laughs> and and Tor. And Tor. Boy, Whew. that's hard to say. That is <laughs> close and, to copyright. And, and Tor, and Tor. And it's harder to say in a fake and, British accent. And, and Tor. And Tor. And Tor. And Tor. And Tor. And Tor. That's how we do it down here. We got, we're going to go play some games in that Antor. It's that frozen tundra land. So... Yeah, and Tor. That's honestly, I really like this setting. I actually really like the lore and stuff. I think it's really cool. I hate the name because I can't, I can't say it. And it's in the same way that we had like Galatian and all those things. It's, it's like they're trying to make words that are hard for the human mouth to make noises mm -hmm, to mm -hmm, do that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but I, so to explain all this, in the last thing, we were in the tunnels basically. We we're yes. underneath the continents of Gur. I forget which, what we were under. It was Galette. Galatian champions. <laughs> Answer Galat my own question. Galatian champions, yes. So we were underneath Galat, and basically that was the, the concept was every battle was underground in some way. Even the caverns were massive, but some of them were tunnels, and you say you had tunnel master and stuff like that. A lot about transport, a lot about movement in, in that last book. Um, this one, from a lore perspective, is really more about survival, less, yes. less hunting, and you'll see that reflected in the rules, and more survival and kind of endurance. And, and setting out to reclaim lost lands. That's the yeah, and that's obviously tying into Harbingers and the whole Dawnbringer uh, Crusade. Crusade and all of that stuff. Yeah, so you have you have that kind of bringing up that thing. So if you look at the map on page five, which uh, that's a uh, slight complaint. Boy, that's really tiny. I, I feel like that could have been a whole page. Uh, you yeah, can the fact that I can't pitch in and zoom on that, I can't read any of those. <laughs> I keep trying, but it's not working. It's like I have pretty good reading eyesight, not so much on the distance, but I cannot read those names. Yeah, I have to I have to do the old man down the nose thing Gotta to look get. at it. But you can kind of see we've gone from the top with Thondia all the way down to Galette, and then we're, now we're in Bjarl. I know that's not how you say it, but I like to say the B really hard. Mm. Bjarl. Um, so it's kind of interesting that we've done this little circle. I guess that means we're going to go to Lindu and Rondhal next because those are the big names. That's They used... Uh, 
uh, what is it, H1 formatting for, <laughs> for title on uh -huh. four, four names. So it's going to be those. Uh, five names, sorry. So I, I think that's kind of cool. Like, you can chart your path. Uh, what I would love to see at some point, and maybe someone more ambitious than me can do it, is put together, like, a little um, campaign book that actually lets you go through all the Thondia, Galatian, and now Jarlin? 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 Antorian? I don't know. And tour sure. stuff. Who knows? Chili Land. Yeah. Let's you do yeah. all of those the cold places. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's Greenland. Let's you do all the the those kind of things like in a little order so you can like really yeah do the whole thing. like That'd really be cool really flesh out your narrative campaign. Yeah. So the other thing about this uh, is that it is obviously frozen. So <laughs> there you're gonna see a lot of stuff based on movement reduction. A lot of stuff that's like ice kind of thing. It's cool. Like oh that was a terrible pun. I'm sorry. I didn't even realize I did that. Oh no. I'm gonna fire now you're stuck with it forever. I'm fire that lives forever on the internet now. Yeah, yeah. They did mention mutated krakens, and I got excited because I was like, "Yeah, Dude, oh my god!" That was the message I sent to you about this. It was like, "Why is it the coolest sounding freaking model is the one that you can't have? I want the skeletal kraken." Yeah, I want the. Uh, I want Nagash to have a, a little buddy that's called the kraken, uh -huh. or at the bo the bone kraken, and he just goes, "Go forth, my pet." <laughs> And that would be, that would cool. be freaking awesome. Yeah, that's the whole army. Yeah. Just Nagash and a bone kraken. <laughs> that would be a really fun way to play. I think, you know. And then three little packs of skeletons. Yeah. That's just gargants, basically. <laughs> Two big models. But that would be awesome. There was, what was the other one? Was the uh, the Nurgle, like, they took, I think the Skaven took, like, a essentially a whale and then hollowed it out and then sewed it up and used it as a submarine. Yeah. I know that that doesn't make any sense on the table, but that would be a really funny model. Uh, horrifying. H horrifying and hilarious. Yeah. So the other big thing, besides mm -hmm. all this frost and stuff, is this area is chock full of magic. I try to get that dramatic page turn on the So <laughs> much magic. Yeah. So this, magic is the focus on this from a rules thing, which we'll get to in a second. But the, the, the explanation for it is that this area essentially has, like, tons of ley lines, tons of magical nodes and whatnot. So the Dawnbringers want to go out here and put down roots. This is where you build your cities and stuff. Everybody likes energy nexuses and things so all of the armies have a reason to be there i guess the beast claws are like hey <laughs> thanks for showing up we live here we hate it um so you're gonna see a lot of that kind of stuff but like the the other thing is we're gonna get more incarnate models yes and we're gonna get one with this fourth book because they mentioned incarnate so much and there's so much that interacts with it there's no way they're just gonna give us that one which get ready everybody more incarnate models that's what you wanted in this game <laughs> is that thing um uh, did they, they didn't give him a rules update, did they? No, but I think one's coming. I would I, imagine probably in one of the in the Dawn in the Dawnbringer Crusades books. Yeah, because there are quite a few rules, like mm -hmm. like War Scroll updates and stuff like that, and those in at least in the first book, and it just say Harbingers Book One. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's there's at least two. When we do our Dawnbringers episode two, we'll have to theorize on what's going to be the big model that ends the the yeah, the story there's basically. Always, there's always one. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's kind of, I mean, obviously read the lore things. They got a cool little story there on the side uh, talking about the Zephra, the, the magician. Um, it's neat. And the wizard thing feeds directly into the rules, which is really cool, too, when, when that actually lines up and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm sure there was one little part in here that I cannot find anymore. But there was something in here that was really cool. Oh, it was the Stormball. Here it is. Uh, the Stormball in the frozen lake. She summoned a squall of brimstone, so hot and ferocious. It plunged the army's assailants into the waters, like the Napoleon trailer that just came out where he's shooting the lake and stuff. Um, but boiled them alive instantaneously. <laughs> Rough. That was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> what that's, a horrible way to go. I was like, that's uh, techless levels of just being a jerk for no reason. Like, they were going to die, but uh, now they're really, really dead. Super dead. Now they're super. 
Yeah. Oh, they. Oh, yeah, actually, they are soup. Yeah. Yeah. Delicious. Mm. So that's <laughs> that's the kind of the lore stuff. Um, get your wizards out. Get them ready because you're gonna need them. Yeah. Because here's a special rule for you for this this go around, right? Special rule number one: you are one with the land. This is for wizard heroes. With a wound's characteristic of nine or less and that are not unique, they gain the Antidorian Locus keyword. Yeah. Neat. Here's what happens with that. Uh, optimal focus. At the start of the battle round, after priority is determined, the player taking the second turn can pick one friendly hero on the battlefield, and if that hero is an Antidorian Locus, they can attempt to cast one extra spell and attempt to unbind one extra spell in that battle round. If they do not have the Antidorian Locus, you receive one command point that can be uh, that can be spent to allow that hero to issue a command. So, yeah. even if you don't... If, even if you don't not bringing wizards, gargants, um, you get something, right? You get a CP, and if you're using the heroic action, you get two. So, you know, yep. you're, you're set up with CP if Addition, you have a wizard. Additional CP. And we'll see if that equals out as we go through the season. Yeah, I think it, I mean, if you're going second, uh, you know, off the top, uh, if you're going second, there's going to be a lot of stuff that you're, like a lot of bonuses that you're going to get. Mm -hmm. This is clearly a move by GW to equalize some of the turnings. Yeah, we were talking about that before the show, how the double turn mechanic, the most contested mechanic in this game, um, is divisive and sometimes a bad feel, sometimes a great feel, to be honest, if it's you're doing it. Yeah. And a lot of times, it's it's a part of the game that I think is just going to be, it's always part of the game. Right. Uh, and some armies, when you get double turned by them, that's it, good game. You don't have a chance. Might as well, might as well shake hands. Iron Jaws, if you're in combat with the whole army and they double turn you, whoopsie. You're probably dead. Probably dead, yeah. Some armies, though, you could double turn them, and it's like, I'm okay. Like, honestly, getting double turned by a really grindy Nurgle list isn't terrible because mm -hmm. you're probably still going to just take the same amount of damage and stuff like that. So it kind of depended, but having a boost to the second player is super nice. Yes. Because it makes it honestly helps you just not feel like so bad when you hit that turn roll off and yeah. you're like, Give, It's giving you a little more agency, yeah. which I think is what the game is always striving for. It's yes. to give you agency as a player so that way when, you're, when your opponent's taking their turn, you're not just going. Neat. Tell me how much damage I take. And considering your opponent, if it's a magic heavy army, is going to be doing a lot of stuff in their hero Ooh, yeah. phase, you can take a really long time to go get that CP token and then move it over next to your character, maybe balance it in his hand a little bit. Yeah. You know, entertain yourself while your Zinch player is doing 14 spells or whatever nonsense they Especially because you're about to get a whole bunch of extra dice that you got to keep track primal. of as well. Yeah, because we got some primal magic going on. So this is the other part of the special uh, realm rules that we're, going, that we're going with. It's primal magic. At the start of the hero phase, both players roll a dice. And for each four up, each player receives one Primal Magic dice. After a player attempts to cast or unbind a spell, or after a player attempts to dispel an endless spell, they can roll one of their Primal Magic dice. And if they do so, they add the result to the casting, unbinding, or dispelling roll. That player can continue to roll additional Primal Magic dice until the caster suffers a Primal Miscast, or there are no Primal Magic dice to be rolled. I just imagined a gif of Piccolo powering up. Oh, yeah. That's basically just... you it, can. Oh, man, if you just really want to get a spell across, I wonder if there's a spell in here where the casting costs a 12 that you might want to save up for that does a horrific maybe, amount of damage. Maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Yeah, yeah. I also like that this is like, hey, both of you roll, and then each of you, if you, if, if like, so if I roll a four, mm -hmm. both of us get a primal magic dice. If you roll a three, neither of us get a primal magic dice. Yeah. So it, it, it's just like, a, oh, yeah, hey, both of you roll, and then you both get the thing. Mm -hmm. Which is, you're, you're probably going to get one. At least. Probably. Two four-ups. Although not if we're playing each other. Correct. We'll never have we'll problem ne magic. We'll, ne we'll never have problem magic in this game. But uh, it's super neat. Yeah. So here's the other part of this. Abilities that allow you to reroll casting, unbinding, or dispelling rolls must be used before primal magic dice mm -hmm. are rolled. Okay? This is just, it's a little rule bit. If you choose to use an ability to reroll a casting, unbinding, or dispelling roll, you cannot use primal magic dice to supplement that roll. 
So it's it's an either or situation. Yeah. If you want to reroll your dice, you can. If you want to add primal magic dice, you can. Yes. When a primal magic dice is rolled as part of a casting roll on an unmodified casting roll that includes a double one, the caster suffers a primal miscast instead of a miscast. Mm-hmm. The spell is not successfully cast. The caster suffers D3 plus 3 mortal wounds. Goodbye. <laughs> and each other unit within 3 inches of the caster also suffers D3 mortal wounds. In addition, the caster cannot attempt to cast any more spells in that phase. But wait, there's more. There's a whole other paragraph. There this. is. When a primal magic dice is rolled as part of a casting roll on an unmodified casting roll that includes a double six, the spell is successfully cast and cannot be unbound. In addition, the caster cannot attempt to cast any more spells in that phase, and both players players receive one primal magic dice. This is like uh, some accounting, <laughs> it, keeping track a of little dice. Bit. So the, oh, and at the end of each battle round, you lose all the dice. Correct. Yeah, it resets. Essentially. It, it resets every battle round. Yeah. So the big thing. So I like the interplay here because there's a couple different things that are happening. Right. First off, cast a spell. Mm-hmm. What are the dice showing? Did you cast your spell successfully? Yes. Do you want to add to it to try and get bonuses? Mm-hmm. Do you want to just re-roll it? If you want to re-roll it with whatever abilities you have, you just re-roll it and end of magic casting. Yes. Um, for that spell. If you got if you got some dice showing <laughs> and you're like, mm, this is spicy, I might want to... I really need this spell to go. I really need this hand of Gork to work. I really need this foot of Gork. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... Any, any of the not? higher casting spells are now somewhat accessible to everybody. They are worth looking at again. Yes. Um, do, am I showing a one? Am I showing a six? Because if I'm showing a one or if I'm showing a six... Maybe not. Th- there's, there, there, are se- there are sequences that could happen here where mm-hmm. it's like either... If you roll another six, awesome. Well, unless that was a multicast wizard. Nagash, well, hey, Nagash couldn't be that, but there are some multicast wizards that apply to the Antorian Locus. Some of them have two or three cast even. So, like, yeah. Ooh, then oh, then you go, oh, shit. Oh, what do I, what do I, I want to do? crank this one you, and then not do another one. Yeah, you got you to gotta make some choices. Because if you, if, if you roll, you know, what, like, a, say, a four and a one, it's like a five, that's not enough. Well, I'm going to add a primal magic dice. Neat, I'll do that. If you roll a one, you take in a primal miscast. It's like, it's like hitting on... F- 15. It, it's, it's like, oh man, there's no. a lot of cards that'll put me in 20 and 21, and there's a lot that blow this. Yes. But I, I could nail a 21. There is there is some real risk involved yeah. here. It's a little bit it's a little bit of a betting man's game. So if you have all your wizards clumped together, I just think it's hilarious that one of them just is like, guys, watch this, and explodes, and <laughs> everyone around him explodes as well. This has this is my favorite thing because all my bone splitters wizards can laser mask themselves to death or spell cast themselves to death. Uh huh. Two they, ways I can kill my own got guys. All the options for death. They can explode everywhere. It's gonna be really fun. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to see it. I think, and especially because I think with the amount of like bonuses that you're getting to magic and mm-hmm. you know how some of the battle tactics and and the. Um, and whatnot are kind of interplaying with this Antordorian locus. I think you're going to see a lot of people that are going to bring magic users to the table. So with all of this, this is going to mean like you're just going to have a lot of magic going off. It's, yeah. it's a it's a focus on the magic, like on the hero phase specifically with the magic, and kind of just it 
it provides you a little bit of more randomness. Yeah. Oh, it definitely is. I mean, this is this is going to be hard to theory craft what's going to happen because hell, your opponent in their turn can give you points as well through various things. So you may have extra dice. You, basically, this is like an icing. It's like, oh, cool. I could maybe overcrank this wizard and have him do something. Mm -hmm. But like you said, well, what if that's your own one wizard and does a battle tactic that needs him? But if you roll that double one, he explodes. He's he's gone. He's probably gone. Cause, he's, I mean, D three plus three mortal wounds. And they can't be negated. Well, yeah, that's that's the problem. Uh, because the primal right. miscat. Oh, oh, it doesn't say it can't be negated. Oh, okay. All right, well, I'm playing Nurgle then. Yeah. Nurgle just eats a miscast and goes, all right. Unless normal miscast rules are cannot be negated. I actually don't I know. I don't remember. I don't I think I've... I don't play, I've never played a lot of wizards. I don't think I've ever miscast. Because I don't usually have wizards and... I don't know. I just get lucky on that. On all of my rolls, that's the one I don't get bad on. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we'll find that out. But um, either way, it's devastating to explode if you have a little five-wound Cities of Sigmar wizard and you've, already, you've taken a wound from some stray arrow and it's like, oh, D3. Well, he's going to die. He's, he's Who's gone. he going to take with him, though? Yeah. Because <laughs> normally your wizard isn't, unless it's your Jaws list, your wizard isn't out by himself just doing shit. He's usually in a little team of people. You're usually protecting him. I like that this inspires wizards out by themselves doing shit, because that's my favorite part of the game, when I'm going to lose, so I charge the wizard in to have a fight and somehow do, like, six damage with his staff. It's always, you know, the Stormcast guy can't summon a spell for four turns, cracks his knuckles, goes in and just punches there somebody. There is nothing that we like more in our games than a wizard fight. The wizard fights are hilarious. I'm looking forward to the if we do another like endless spell battle with the new rules and oh, everything, yeah. where it's just everybody brings you have access to every endless spell, but if, when one person casts it, no one else can cast it, kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That'd be pretty cool. It's gonna be fun. I'm ex I'm looking forward to it. I bet there's gonna be new endless spells, as well. Wouldn't surprise me. We don't have any frost themed ones. I just I have been going through my head, and I don't. I may be wrong, but I don't think we have any frost themed ones that are generic. Mm -hmm. And the mm -hmm. ogors don't have any at all, because they would have the ones that would be the frost theme. For the if there were if an yeah. army was going to have icy stuff, so I yeah. wonder if we're gonna get like I don't know. I, I, I can make it like a cool like icy hand maybe coming that, out of the maybe ground. That's the, maybe that's the thing for the story for the harbor uh, for the harbingers. Yeah. Oh, they the could roll out crusades. They could do that and the incarnate at the yeah. same time. That would be pretty so your cool. Big, so your big model is a new incarnate with new rules. So everybody has to buy the incarnate they don't want in order to get the spells. <laughs> I know people like the incarnates. I just don't. I, don't like, I gave mine to uh, Mackenzie so he can get bash it into armor because apparently his tree lord killed an incarnate. And I was like, cool, I'm literally never going to build this. Because <laughs> like, I here do, you go. The rules, I, they're too, it's that extra step of nah. rules where I go, this is too uh, much. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> Somebody else has some unique enhancements. Yeah. yeah. These uh, null stern adornments. So these are really cool um, because you can take them in an army that does not include any wizards or any units with abilities that allow them to be a wizard. So you can't cheat and put a tome on somebody like mm -hmm, that. So corn, mm -hmm. you're going to get this. Uh, a lot of fire slayers builds, honestly. Or oh, they don't have a wizard, so if you don't ally anything in. But I, you can kind of build anti-wizard, and there's a battalion in that here too, which is pretty neat. They go on a wizard hunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a silly thing to declare they go on a wizard hunt. You have to declare it very loudly. Yes. You should get a little horn and be like... I declare a wizard hunt. A wizard hunt. Uh, so there's three of these null storm adornments. Uh, we'll take an extra enhancement. You can take an the null storm. Um, you cannot pick the same twice. I think this is just the uh, yeah. It's the same rules for normal artifact power yeah. things. These um, are just uh, additional ones that you could take. Yeah, and they're all like the same object in various physical forms because you have a carved thing, a pouch of the dust, and then just one little pebble. But it's yeah. all the same null stone. And they're all. Kind of great. They're all pretty good. Yeah. Like, I could see a use for all. The only one that, I, there's one that I am like eh, on, but the other ones I think are pretty good. Mm -hmm. Let's go through them. Yeah. 
You want to do the first one? I was going to let you do the first I'll one. I'll do the first one. This is the hand-carved Nullstone icon. Um, the bearer can attempt to unbind one spell and attempt or attempt to dispel one endless spell in the enemy hero phase in the same manner as a wizard. All right. Cool. However, each time the bearer successfully unbinds a spell or dispels an endless spell using this ability, they can attempt to unbind one additional spell in that phase. So if you've got one wizard, or one non-anti-wizard guy, you've got one little dude who just has a rock, and he can stand there, and if you are lucky enough, he can unbind every single spell that comes out, like just constantly stand there and unbind spells. That's kind of cool. Just, he just sucks all the spells he up really, in his little stone. He's just, you know what it is? It's just Dikembe Mutombo. He's just, oh, oh, no, no, no. Not in my house. Just smacking the spells out of the air. That's really neat, and that is uh, it's super helpful if you, if you have... I almost feel like if you're playing an army and you're going to a tournament, especially what I feel like this this is going to look like with magic, and you have an army, you got to have that somewhere in there for, yeah. the, for the chance of just... Because your opponent's got to play against that, too. You don't want to line up, because it just doesn't say it has to come out of an Andor guy. So you just roll this guy up to Nagash, and you're like, come on, buddy, let's see. Let's mm -hmm. see if any of these get through. Mm -hmm. what, if you, uh, what if you take that stone, and you crunch it up into some dust, and you put it in a pouch? What could you do with that? Well, then, you, at once per battle at the start of the hero phase, you can say that the bearer will use their pouch of null dust. And if you do so until the end of that phase, unmodified casting rolls that include a double one, double two, or double three are treated as a miscast. Or if a primal magic dice was used as part of the casting roll, as primal miscasts. In addition, roll a dice for each endless spell in the battlefield, and on a five up, that endless spell is dispelled. Woof. That could just be a total board wipe of magic. Just once per game, sure. But, uh... You're, you know this is turn three. Your opponent's got all their little wizard with their little 12-inch spells, damage stuff. Stormcast's got a lot of, like, shotgun spells, basically. Mm -hmm. They're all up close. They've got a couple of endless spells summoned. You pop this thing. It's like, come on, try to get those spells off. You're going to do a bunch of miscasts. This, is the, this will make your opponent go, do I want to use my primal points on, on this? And it's, it's making them think about it. Yeah. That's what I like a lot of this book now. It feels like it's about making your opponent make a choice. Correct. Versus you make a choice and then maybe it works. Mm -hmm. And I, I like that because it makes the social part of it. Yeah. That one's my favorite because it has the potential to just go brop and yep, just take and just everything, take off, everything the off the table. So what about that polished Nullstone Pebble? Okay, this one's kind of funky. Uh, when the unit is picked at a target of a spell or abilities of an endless spell, you roll a dice. On a four-up, the caster must pick another unit within three inches of this unit and within range. If not, if within picking another unit, there are no other units that apply, basically. Uh, you ignore the effects of the spell. So, essentially, this gives you a kind of an ignore four up for a spell but if you're next to somebody else they're gonna get hit by instead so you sort of like shun the spell away mm -hmm. but but you're uh they would still get to you know damage something else nearby probably so here's a little trick skis okay because this is the one where i was like i don't i don't see a purpose for this one so over the other two which are incredible right so if you have this and say i don't know you put it on your uh your mega boss mm-hmm and he's in a fight with stuff on your opponent. That's true. Your opponent and doesn't you, want to hit him with a spell. And, you can try and hit him with a spell, and he ignores it. It does say you must pick another unit within three inches. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't say friendly or enemy. It just Correct. says unit. Yeah. So you might just knock your own dudes with a spell. Not likely to happen, but it's, the th but it's kind of the thing that you could, do, that you yeah. could use it for. Out of, out of all of them, that's the weakest because it's it's, it's still swingy. on a four up. Yeah, yeah it's swingy, but it, it is fun and it's not terrible. Like honestly, if you made me take this, I wouldn't feel awful yeah. about it because I would definitely try to do what you're doing, which is like I'm gonna charge in and make you fight me. And if you want to try to spell cast my big storm drake down, 
you gotta, you gotta, you it know, might, you might have to hope I don't go, hey, I'm sorry, actually, that hits that guy. Yeah, it, it's actually bouncing back onto you. Yeah. Which could be terrible. Pick another, how can we abuse this? I'm gonna come back later with how can I abuse how this? How can I abuse this ability? Uh, yeah. Target, it's the target of a spell, you can roll a dice on a fort and cast another unit. Oh my gosh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. When, what, here we do, we're doing live math, are you ready? Okay, yep, go for it. Live radio math. When the unit is picked, when this unit is picked as a target of a spell or the ability an endless spell, you roll a dice. It does not say enemy. So when you target your unit with Hand of Gork, you shunt it to the enemy and you throw their units on the other side of the fucking table. <laughs> that works, right? Uh, I don't... Let's go through this. Okay, hold on, <laughs> hold Because I, I think we found my new favorite way to play <laughs> the game. It's to move other people's well, stuff. Before, the caster must pick another unit within three inches of this unit and within range of that spell or endless spell's abilities to be the target. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I, Does this feel like this is an errata that needs to happen? It like, might, this it is might maybe be. not this, intended. Yeah, this is probably not uh, rules is intended. I'm going through all of my spells in my head like, what is the funniest I'm trying thing? To, I'm trying to think of a hand of Gork requires, like, if it has anything where it's like, it has to be a friendly unit. Because that might be the... Th because yeah, it's the, I guess because... Because it's, it's the rules of the spell that you have to... That you have to utilize. Yeah, because it's picked for the target. So I guess if you couldn't pick them because it says, like, pick a Auric War Clans. Yeah. Then you might not be able to do it. So you have like to that. find some that don't specific... I feel like there's got to be something out there. There's got to be some, there's something... There's something very silly that we're trying to... This is like the QA testing where we're like really trying to break yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. I really want to know how I can put how, a, can, how can I break the game? How can here? I put the wrong spell on someone else? That's what I want to know. <laughs> can I give you a boost? It's like, I'm confused. That's so just, weird. Yeah. Uh, and and we'll come back to that yeah. one. And then some Realm Sphere magic. Whoo, yeah. buddy. These are all amazing. <laughs> these spells, these the casting are, costs are hilarious. Are redonkulous. But with the Primal Magic, they're less absurd. Yeah. Um, so the first one is Horfrost, right? Because you can't just give it to Nagash and get a plus four and be like, hey, guys, 46, fuck you. No. Yeah. It will let you do that. Uh, so Horfrost is a spell that has a casting value of 8 and a range of 12. If successful, uh, pick one friendly unit wholly within range and visible to the caster. Pick one melee weapon profile on that unit's war scroll and roll a d3. Change the two-hit, two-wound, or ren characteristic of that melee weapon to match the result until the start of your next hero phase. Mm -hmm. For example, if the roll was a 2, you could change either the to-hit characteristic to a 2-up, the to-wound characteristic to a 2-up, or the ren characteristic to a minus 2. Yes. Every one of those excites me in a different way. For a hot, different army. <laughs> hot damn. Let's go. Because, so we were talking about this before the show started. Mm -hmm. This is something that you are going to look at, and you're going to go, wait, what is a cheap chuff unit that I can get, like, a, that I can get, like, just normal boosts on? That all of a sudden, like, the thing that was the problem is I didn't have any rend. Yes. And now all of a sudden, I've got rend. Or... Uh, you've got something like Bone Splitters, where you have maybe have some rend. Well, I don't know if they do. Um, but you've got some rend on the unit, but it's like fours. It's like threes and fives. It's some one of those weird one split those, units. Yeah. Like and then that. all of a sudden you can be like, oh, it's a three and two. And you get to choose after you roll. Yeah. So you so can be roll, like, okay, a three and a two, and I'm going to do uh, all that attack. And now i got twos and twos. And I can take advantage of that nonsense thing on the end that had all that other ability. Because, like... It doesn't have any HP uh, wound requirement for the spell, the targeting. So any of those big guys that are like, two attacks, fives and fives, rin three, damage three. You got a way to make it happen now. Yeah. It's, there's some real grossness that I think people are going to are gonna mess around with with, with the Horfrost. Yes. And yeah. it's not a terrible casting value. Like, eight no. is one above average. Primal it, Magic, 
you 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 get it. You're you probably gonna probably. get it. If you're standing on arcane terrain, if you're one of those people that remembers to use your terrain rules, you get that plus um, one. You can get the plus one. Yeah, and there's other ways to get it. I mean, I've got stupid stormcast lists coming. I actually don't take this in the stormcast list oh, because really? everybody hits on threes and threes and has at least mm. rin one. So like honestly, it would be I would roll a three every time and go well. Oh, but or, you, roll a one. Oh, I was about to say yeah. if you roll a three, you get you can get a, a minus three. Red. That's true. I would roll That's a one gross. and it would be like well. This doesn't do anything. Or yeah. two, and it'd be like, okay, the ring goes to two, but like, eh, Stormcast, yeah. they were already doing pretty well. So for Stormcast, this one was funny because I got super excited, looked at it, went, oh, it actually doesn't really do anything in my Not list. Other lists, it's incredible. Yeah, I was thinking about this on some Thralls. Yeah, Thrall, any horde. On any, any, any horde benefits horde, yeah. from this. I it's could just... actually make Corsairs deadly because they have a shit ton of attacks. You could. They, the problem is that there's like fours and fives. Right. No rend one damage, but if I could... Get that to something reasonable, and then toss a little rend. Even not without the rend, just putting out like sixty bolt shots with that thing. Well, it's melee weapon, but it's anyway, weapon, their yeah. close range weapons are the same as the bolt. Yeah, <laughs> stats are suck. There's some. Oh, it. That one got that one tickled me like deeply. Like I just was like, oh, there's there's some real nastiness here. I can't wait. <laughs> I wish. Oh man, I gotta go through and look at my monsters and stuff because it's a melee weapon profile. But like, I wonder what the guys on the monsters like. If you have someone who's really good like that as well. Like mm -hmm. your free guild general on Griffin, or maybe on a Manticore. That seems like a good target. Who knows? Yeah. You, you get somebody real nasty. Because that always seems like when you, uh, maybe not so much for you because you play Oryx, but when I charge in a mounted character, mm -hmm. the character on top falls over and the mount does all the work anyway. Well, I mean, if, and if you really want to, like, cheese this, like, super hard, right? So, say you've got, like... And I do. I was trying to teleport other people's units earlier, so I want to make this silly, yeah. So, if you've got, like, the person on top, right, and you've given them flaming weapon... Mm-hmm. So now all of a sudden you're a flaming oil. top. Got yeah, it. Yeah, you got a fl you got a flaming top. So gotcha. it's like three damage, uh, three damage added, or it's just three. It changes the weapon, the two. It just adds one to the damage. I thought. I don't profile. remember how it is, but anyway, adding to the damage, and it's like threes and threes, and it's like minus minus one red. Yeah. Right? Well, now all of a sudden you're threes and threes. You give it plus, you give yourself plus one to plus one to hit. So you're now twos and threes. If you got a way to adjust your wound, neat. If you don't, not a big deal. Freaking all of a sudden it's twos and threes. You got like ten attacks, and then you. You know, you spike, you get minus three rend. It's like four damage each. You're basically just killing yeah. whatever you're touching at that point. <laughs> so, and because you can put this on somebody, because obviously your big mounted character can't cast if they have wounds. They're, they can't have it on them to cast. Right. So you have to have someone else cast it on them. Yeah. But maybe that person has a spell that amps them up as well. You could take one wizard character on a mount and like really amp them up for a turn. Just Which makes sense. Just for this go nuts. Setting. Yeah. Yeah. You got, you got choices. Yeah. You, got, you got some choices. That's true. For some for some delicious, destructive abilities. Yeah, I'm excited for yeah. it. The only, the middle one. Do you want me to read the middle yeah, one? Yeah, go for it. Rupture. Um, this is the one where I was like, this is great or useless. Uh, Rupture is a spell that has a casting value of 10 and a range of 18. If successfully cast, pick a predatory endless spell or an incarnate wholly within range and visible to the caster. The target immediately becomes wild and cannot be picked to be controlled or bonded for the rest of the battle. That's pretty cool, unless your opponent just doesn't have one, and then you're like, whoops, yeah. doesn't do anything. Uh, and uh, Tin's, Tin's a little hefty. I, I don't know enough to know if an Incarnate out of control is particularly damaging on, like, turn one. I know not having it is bad, because they sunk so many points into it, mm -hmm. but I don't know if, like, it's really good to have that thing go wild in your opponent's deployment zone, and they have to get away from it like that. That's just, I don't know the Incarnate rules super well. Yeah, but and, you also, and you still have to, I mean, you still have the option of unbinding it. Yeah. 
Yeah, and any of the endless spells that are very damaging and stuff. You you know, if your opponent's throwing a purple sun in your face all the time, you got a way to go. Nope, now it's everybody's problem. <laughs> Which it usually is everybody's problem yeah, anyway, honestly. True. But uh, there's some fun endless spells in here that you might want to just be like, no, 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 that's wild. You don't get to keep moving that shit. Yeah. Stop following me with those ravishing jaws or whatever. That thing is horrifying. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the one. Out of all of these, there's two that I love and one that I'm like, meh. That's the one that I'm meh. And so the other one that you love is the Merciless Blizzard. Because it's stupid. Yes. So Merciless <laughs> Blizzard is a spell that has a casting value of 12. 12. And a range of 12 inches. If successfully cast, pick one enemy unit within range and visible to the caster. That unit suffers 4d6 mortal wounds. Boof. But for each roll of one, the caster also suffers d3 mortal wounds that cannot be negated. The range of the spell cannot be modified and must be measured from the caster, yeah. even if ability would allow you to measure it. You can't elsewhere. put it through the mirrors. That's, they need to just have a keyword that says non-mirror. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what they're... They that's use what, four sentences to say you can't put it through the one spell that does that. Right. Seems like they could just maybe... I don't just, know. It's a lot of work yeah. for don't use the mirrors. But my God. Now, of course, I'm going to roll two ones in mm -hmm. there, uh, and probably the wizard will have died if but, he didn't die doing the primal cast. So this is a decision you make when you're like, okay, I got... Somehow I have four primal magic dice. <laughs> yep. Like, so I have ended up... This is probably like a turn four and a half, where you're like, yeah. well, my wizard's alive, barely. I have four magic points because of malarkey that has happened in this, you know, uh, the hero phase and stuff like that. Like, I, I have generated enough things. I've, I've gone second. I, somehow, me and my opponent have both rolled four, so we both get... So, I've, you know, we've gotten... Two primal yeah. magic dice. Maybe you take the... There's an artifact that we'll get to in a second where you can just uh, get a five up uh, the hero phase. You can get another one. Yeah. So maybe you just... You ended up with four, you three, just, four. You're just, you're just parking them. And you're like, okay, this wizard is going to die this turn. But there's, but. A, but there's a pack of our boys over there. Uh -huh. I'm going to throw this... <laughs> he's going to just Kamehameha himself and just explode. And it's... It's probably not going to work, but this is the thing that when it does work is the thing that shuts the whole game store down for 10 minutes because people are like, you rolled 12 dice and it, and it made, and then you roll four sixes and you're like, yay. I, I did the thing. I've, I've eliminated the, the one creature, the big guy, in one shot. They just take a chunk out of a Gargant with that too. I mean, honestly, 46, you probably, if you can roll 12, you'll kill a mini guy. So like, that's great. That, that's a solid kill. The only thing is that casting value of 12 is so silly. But like, Let's think about it. You do have a lot of... Uh, if you're within, I don't know, 18 inches of a Star Drake, you're plus one to cast if you're on that correct side. Mm -hmm. So then that, Arcane, you know, there's a bunch of little things. A lot of armies have yeah. like, an artifact or something. Well, and you can get to the... Then the Primal Magic does allow you, like, if you if you were to roll, like, the 2d6 to start with your cast, and one of them is a six and one of them is a three, you're at a nine. Yeah. Well, then one more Primal Magic dice... If you get a six, it's it's an auto cast. Yeah, and you get to roll it and go. Oh, I need to put another one in. Yeah, and keep doing. You don't have to declare. I'm going to roll two, and then I don't yeah. know if it's going to work. Where, or where you don't want to do it is if you have ones. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or maybe if it's turn four and a half, and you just don't care, you just anymore. go for you it. Just, you're it's like, like, you know what? I'm a gambling man. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody here is going to explode. It's going to be this guy or this guy. Yeah. We're going to find maybe both. I, I just like any spell that's like, hey, hey, do a ludicrous amount of damage in a nonsense way. Do I, do I have it in a list? Absolutely, I do. Oh yeah. Yeah, because I, I built a list where I was like, I ran out of spells to take, and I'm like, well, I'm bringing that for sure. Yeah, why not? Because I don't know. I don't know if the city's rule where you could use the, the wizards to channel into the one wizard is still going to be there. I'm guessing probably not, because that's kind of how this works a little with getting the extra dice, but like there used to be the thing, and I think it's another faction does it. Oh, Slaves to Darkness! The Cabal. You can have the wizards each basically give bonus bonuses to one guy, so he gets plus to cast. But then he also, like, dies at the end or something or mm. takes a lot of damage. But, like, you could just pick one guy and, and, like, amp that guy up insane, have him do a ton of damage and explode at the end of the turn. 
I don't hate it. And maybe, I don't hate it at maybe all. Maybe he's like a 120-point wizard. <laughs> I don't hate it. I, I hate love it. it. And if it kills something, that's 120 points well spent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just for the hilarity of trying yeah. to do all those things. Uh-huh. Uh, and if you're a general as a, as a wizard who qualifies for the Andatorian Locust, you get to pick a command trait. That you do. So, um, would you like to read off some command traits for us? Yeah. Here's a, I would say, yeah. I don't know where that came from. I don't know either. Uh, let's talk about the Shaman of the Chili Lands. Uh, the general knows all the spells from the Brahma Frost. Yeah, that's it. Okay, yep. There you go. All of them. You got them. You got, you got all them. Three. All three. Just whichever, pick, whichever one you need at any, at any given moment. As the fight proceeds, pick your level of stupidity <laughs> with this wizard. <laughs> Something, something weird's gonna happen. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? does it like a flow chart. It's like, here's the tactical thing. Here's the, I just gotta get this endless spell off my butt thing. And here's the, I don't know. Let's Here, see. Here's the fuck it. Here's the pull the ripcord thing. <laughs> Let's see what happens. Uh, what's next? Uh, Eye of the Blizzard. At the start of the hero phase, if this general is on the battlefield, roll a dice. On a five up, you gain one primal magic dice. Pretty good. Not bad. I, I don't, I don't like that one only because the other ones are really, really cool that we're about yes. to talk about. Yes. <laughs> but that one would be cool usually. What about uh, Shield to Bone? <clears throat> oh, man. Once per battle, if the general suffers a miscast or primal miscast, you can roll a dice. On a three up, they ignore it. If you're gonna, if you're planning on amping up, that feels like a pretty safe. If you're going thing. nuts and you want a little bit of protection, that's not a bad one to have. It's not, but my God, if only the fourth one would come out of nowhere with, with that steel chair and make me go, why would I not try for this? <laughs> because the meanness this is, and I'm gonna tell you in a second the combo I have uh -huh. for this. Uh huh. So the last one is Eater of Magic. Each time this general successfully unbinds a spell, roll a dice. On a five up, the caster no longer knows that spell and may not cast it again for the rest of the battle. Terrifying. Knight encounter. Automatic unbind anywhere on the table. You don't even have to worry about the unbind part. You just got to nail that five up. Yep. Hey, uh, Teclas, what's that one big spell you do that makes everything really. Oh, I don't want to do that anymore. The yeah. two CP spell? Get the fuck out of here. You got a three. I mean, obviously, gotta... he can overcharge it, but you know. You got a 33% chance of just saying, you don't get to do that anymore. You got a 33% chance of a 40% <laughs> chance. You, this is some Steiner math. This is the Steiner math spell. That is so good if it works because it's uh, every time. So it's not like the thing that I looked at it and I was like, I, I think in my head I put the words once per battle because normally that's how this stuff works. Right. But no. it's no, it's every time. Every so time. So if you've got a general who has two or three unbinds, which is possible, once again, there are a couple of two cast wizards under this locust thing. Cool. You get two chances for it every time you're running the risk of just shutting off a spell forever. Imagine if turn one, if you lost hand and cork, how you'd be like, God dang it. I don't Brutal. know what to do with never, this. Never getting to use it again. Yeah. Ouch. I, any, oh God. I'm just, I'm thinking of like, cause there's a lot of like really good, like Nurgle spells. Oh yeah. That would just be gone. Any, any, all the ones that I use to basically spread the contagion fat. The one that lets me pick something and everything in seven inches gets contagion. Yeah. I literally need that spell for my list to work. Yeah. And if that gets unbound and then it's gone, you, it's actually kind of like a game over. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> oh, like, crap. Oh, no. I got I to gotta depend on a bunch of other stuff working instead of that thing amping up all the other yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. It, gets, it gets real scary if you eat a spell and that spellcaster doesn't get to cast it anymore. I'm trying to think of the worst spells to lose. Like, I know Marathi's got Mind Razor. Uh, Teclas has the one where it makes, like, everybody, I think, extra CP or something. It's like Moon Dark. I don't know. <laughs> I don't yeah. play Lumina. Um, but there's, there's a couple of spells that are, like, they're the ones that the person almost, when they're playing against you, they're like, okay, well, here comes this one spell. Because you're always going to cast it. You're always going to have it on the table. Mm -hmm. It's the spell that makes that army super good for that particular list. And now you can be like, sure about that? Yeah, any... <laughs> You sure about that? <laughs> you sure about that? Uh, it's such a good, it's such a good one. 
Oh, I like it so much. I don't I don't know why I wouldn't take it. I feel like I'm going to ignore better command traits for the rest of the year just to just have the to chance have to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And we get some battalions, too. That we do. So we got two different battalions here. We got the Antidorian Acolytes. Uh, this is a group of two to three champion-level heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, their special ability Not is wizards, though. Not wizards. Keen to point that out. Yeah. At the start of the hero phase, if there are two or more friendly Antidorian locust units in this battle, uh, in this battalion on the battlefield, roll a dice, and on a three-up, you gain one primal magic dice. Obviously, benefits you to have the wizards, because you it need to have at least two of them in there, but you don't have to put the wizards in there for some reason if you didn't want to. Yeah, I mean, you just have to have... Well, I mean, they do have to be... Two of them have to be on in the in the battalion on the battlefield. Yes. So you, but you could throw another guy in there. You could just in my stormcast list, I put my other hero in there because he didn't have anywhere else to go. It doesn't yeah. do anything, but I thought he could hang out with his buddies. Yeah. You know, he yeah. he's learning. Yeah, he's he's the he's he's, he's a mage in training. He's his acolytes. Yeah. You know, he's 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 practicing. Um but then <laughs> I'm sorry. Even the logo looks like stupid fun on this. Because uh-huh. it's like, hey, a hero, two guys and a dragon. <laughs> go out and beat a nerd to death. <laughs> So tell us what Magic Hunters is going to do for us. So the Wizard Finders of Antidor uh, are the Magic Hunters. Each time a unit in this battalion is picked to fight, you can say that it will go on a wizard hunt. But you have to say it. You do have, you to, have say to say it will go, go on a wizard hunt. On a wizard hunt. And then you don your wizard hat. And then you rip yourself up. If you do so, pick one melee weapon profile on that unit's war scroll. And until the end of that phase, you get to add one to the attack's characteristic of that melee weapon. But all of the attacks that unit makes in that phase must target an enemy wizard. Wizards cannot be included in this battalion. Well, yeah. 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 You, well, you're not going to have wizards hunting wizards, apparently. No. But this is just, neat. Just, yeah. This is neat. This is neat. This, this is, neat. is I'm, I'm abusing. I, I can't not look at these, by the way, and immediately think Stormcast, because that's the icons they're using. So I have to, like, break my brain away of going, which Stormcast units are really going to be best for this? But so, in Stormcast, there are fantastic infantry under four wounds, annihilators, um... Yeah, they don't, they don't count for any of the things that would disqualify for this. And uh, imagine just a pack of Annihilators getting plus one to their uh, attacks on oh, those Grand Hammers. I was just thinking, beating the snot out of one nerd in a circle. Just, I was thinking awful. about how freaking gross this is to send, like, because Brutes are already disgusting when they're going after big things. Mm-hmm. And if you have a big wizard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is a bad time to be a big wizard <laughs> if, you're if a this big, is on the table. If you're a big wizard. I was like, hey, by the way, here's two packs of Brutes. Uh, they all have plus one attacks. Yeah. And you're big, so I'm going to get, you know, plus one of my hits. Also, uh, there's a Mega Boss nearby, too, just to kind of just wrap to, things to, up just a little bit. The, just to round this out. Just, By the way, your wizard's dead. <laughs> my God, I can't... The amount of damage output... I mean, obviously, it takes a little setup, mm-hmm. um, but and, and having nobody in there be a wizard does exclude some of the fun things that I was going to try to do with mm-hmm, it to abuse mm-hmm. it, but, like, that's still really stupid. Also, you can <laughs> send a Mega Boss and a Maw Crusher in that. Well, he's a leader, right? So it's a monster that's oh, not, not a leader. Yeah, because I was ah, already thinking. Because yeah. I was like, well, what's uh, what's a star drink? Ah, it's a leader. Yeah. You know? And the Charybdis is stupid, so there's no reason to put an extra attack on it. You could send a thing. spider. You could send a spider. <laughs> you could send... Um, it's a bunch of monsters that aren't leaders that have pretty decent combat yeah. profiles that don't really have a place that this would be a pretty <gasps> fun way to do that. I was I just thought about my, uh, um, my big rock guy. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that guy. Yeah. The uh, uh, idol. Yeah, the rogue idol. Yeah. Not a leader. He's an, he's an idol. You can add he's a one, totem. You can add one to his attacks. That's stupid. I don't like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like that guy being in here. Because that means you've got all the rest of that is also probably Iron Jaws. So that means that's a horrifying thing. That's, that's but nice of, if you don't have wizard yeah, access. A lot, a lot of beef. Corn players? It is. Oh, that, is, that is a corn as a corn battalion 
like in writing. It's what they uh, is really. It's like it's what they want to do anyway. You're gonna be doing it anyway. Yeah. You know. I guess maybe the drops is why you wouldn't lean into this. Mm-hmm. Like if you're trying to go for low drops, but I don't know if that's gonna be big this phase. We never really know until we've played for like two or three months where the drops are. Because yeah. last time it was like one, two, seven, a million. Right. Like everybody was somewhere in the one, twos, seven for some reason, or a million. Yeah. It didn't matter. It's like, how many drops are you? 14. Yeah. <laughs> like, the last <laughs> tournament where it's like, how many drops are you? And we, both me and my opponent started counting. And I was like, this isn't going to matter if we have to count. <laughs> like, we just start putting them down and we'll figure it out at the end. Yeah. Uh, and then we have some grand strategies. Yeah. Would you like to start They're us off? They're grand. They are. Yeah. So I'm going to say real fast before we get into this, uh, this is much better than last season. Yes. Much better because I don't... I think this is one of the texts I sent to you. You don't have to build around being able to do these in a way that makes your list not the way you want to play it. Mm -hmm. A lot of these you can kind of get, and then a couple of them, if you build towards them, you can sort of help guarantee, but you don't have to have them. They don't lock you out. Each of the grand strategies is if if you don't like your your book strategies, like Mm -hmm. your book grand strategies, at least each of these grand strategies enables for a flavor of play. Yeah. So, for instance, control the nexus. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy if two or more friendly wizard units are wholly within six inches of the center of the battlefield. Does not say they have to be Andor Locusts. Correct. So you got some big chunky just, wizards just on a wizards. thing. Yeah. You got a big heavy... I mean, honestly, just <laughs> rolling a gash up there. That's one. That's one. <laughs> uh, all you got to do is have a necromancer up his butt, and then you go. <laughs> Done. Fun. Um, yeah, so then after that, spellcasting savant. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If the model picked to be your general is a locust... I'm just going to start saying locust. And the unit has not been slain. Cool. I, Solid. I love me a good Cities of Sigmar list where I take my hero and I hide him on the far fucking edge of the table and yeah. I just don't touch him. Well, and with, you know, with how the freaking rules are now with, like, lookouts sir and whatnot, it's a lot can't, easier. Can't be targeted with when, you know, 12 inches and all that stuff. So it's a lot easier to hide your squishy wizard. Yeah. Now, that does come with the risk of your wizard is still going to have to have the low wounds and there are still things that are going to get around that. So you might, you might get silver bullet in a tournament where, you know, somebody just goes, yeah, I don't care about that. I can still target him. Yeah. Or what was that? The, the, uh, fee- overall can of Sigmar where it's like, no, no, I'm picking a point yeah, you're next picking to a him. Point. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to hit him anyway. <laughs> right. And the next one, slaughter sorcery. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If there are no wizard units on the battlefield. Hey, so guess if- what? That's for freaking Gargant players. Yeah. <laughs> also, what if you didn't bring any wizards? Yeah. I got it. <laughs> I love one that you can accidentally get by showing up to the game. I have game. my grand strategy because I don't have wizards and you didn't bring any either. This is going to be the one I get for Gargans because I'm going to have to kill you anyway. That's how Gargans win. Yeah. Especially War Stomper breed Gargans. So I have to kill you. I'm already doing this. All I got to do is kill your wizards because I didn't bring one. But I do love the hilarity of two people showing up with corn armies and going, I guess we both get this. Neat. Done. Sweet. Neat. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the Baron Ice Escape is next. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If all enemy units that have artifacts of power are destroyed and there are no enemy units within six inches of the center of the battle. Cool, I guess, but two things I have to keep track of at the end of the game. Two, two things instead of one. Too difficult. Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the game, I don't want to have to be trying to maybe win the game and also going, okay, who, which one of you guys had an artifact? Yeah. Like that, you know. Bit challenging. Yeah. Uh, overshadow. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If all enemy battle line units from your opponent's starting army are destroyed, or there is at least one friendly battle line unit from your starting army on the battlefield. Okay. That can be that that one has existed in different forms, and that's yeah. always a, you roll the dice on is your army is your opponent's army uh bone splitters or like iron jaws where it's like, cool, my entire army is battle is line. Battle line or right. gargons. Yeah. But so. if you're if you're if you brought battle line as, you know, cheap screens, it's like, okay, cool, I just gotta kill your three battle lines. And then keep one of mine alive. Like Gargans. 
Done. Both of these are actually like <laughs> play gargants. Yeah, yeah. Just, just. Also, you'll you'll actually literally be overshadowing people because you're tall. And finally, wait. Did you read that one? I'll read the next one. Yes. <clears throat> Magic made manifest. When the battle ends, you complete this grand strategy. If there are two or more endless spells or incarnates, hint that there's going to be more because there's only one right now. Uh -huh. um, on the battlefield, or controlled or bonded to friendly units. So basically, just have two spells up. Yeah, this one's not hard. If you've built a good wizard list planning on this, you could probably aim for it pretty easily. If you're going for endless spells, yeah, then, yeah, you've got a good shot. You've got a good shot because if you are smart, you can position yourself on the last turn or whatever to just throw them to the corner somewhere so they're not in the way of possibility getting the spell. You know, you can you can plan for it. Awesome. I like you just it. Just kill their wizards. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, at that point, let's just take slaughter of sorcery. <laughs> what the percentage of slaughter of sorcery is going to be huge. Yeah. Because like. If you don't have wizards, just go ahead and pick that. Just yeah, just don't, just don't do it. Yeah. And then we're gonna jump. We're gonna we're gonna skip briefly for the for the battle what about plans. The battle tactics. Oh oh shoot! You I forgot. Totally, I, I forgot, you about forgot about the tactics of I'm the sorry. battle. This oh is a tactical God. game. This this proves our actual real life acumen with commanding armies. Yeah, how good we are at this toy game. Yeah, and we are terrible at them. We, so. we should not be in charge of any of that. No. Um, so same thing as the grand strategies. The battle tactics once again not shitty. Don't make me feel like I'm no, I, I can pick two, and then I maybe can get a third, and then, yeah. my God, if I get a fourth, it's lucky. There, there's a couple in here that I'm not, I'm not super high on, uh -huh. um, which we'll get to, but on the whole, much better than the last season. Oh, yeah. yeah. Actually, much better than the last two seasons. Yeah, and I'm thinking because old book, I have old book syndrome on a couple of stuff. Like <laughs> with our battle report, when I looked at my Stormcast uh, ones and went, I literally cannot complete any of these right. at any point in this game. Yeah. How dumb I, I, is that? Since we were playing like out of season, because we were like, I don't, I don't play old season book when, yeah. this, when this book was coming out. So, like, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a weird battle report. Just we're just trying. <laughs> we're just working our way through. It guys. might be a twenty minute supercut of our dumb bits, yeah. and then we tell you the score at the end. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what comes out of this. Uh, so what's the first battle tactic? Intimidate the invaders. You complete this battle tactic at the end of your turn if there are more friendly units wholly outside your territory than there are friendly units within your territory. Uh, I'm going to do a quick territory thing. There's a couple of maps where the territory split down the middle. Yep. That might be challenging. Um, there's a couple of maps where you got that little postage stamp territory, and you're probably going to do that anyway. Just got to be outside. Yeah, if you're, once again, Gargants, you want to be outside yeah. of your territory. You're coming in, in theirs. Yeah, you're probably going to be in the middle of the battlefield. It, uh, also, it just says, the invaders is an, is a really I think is actually a really easy like round four round five one. Yes, because you're probably not going to be in your territory anymore anyway with anything other than maybe like one unit that's holding an objective. Yeah, and it just says you have to have more outside. So right. It actually could be if you have a smaller army, you have a less uh, army. If you turn one, you might actually be able to achieve this as well by yeah. going okay. I have ten units. I just have to move six of them six inches forward. You know, if you have an army that's set. Oh my god, Beast of Chaos. <laughs> I just realized. Uh, uh, Stormcast Eternals. Yeah, so, well, yeah that's, a, that's I didn't want to just cheat because I keep <laughs> saying Stormcast yeah, yeah. Eternals, but I was like, yeah, uh, Beast, Stormcast. Beast, Beast of Chaos, where they come in from battle, where, like, they come in from edges. You just don't deploy anybody yeah. on the table. Literally, like, no one's in your territory. You move one unit, you achieve this. Correct. That's silly. Yep. I like that. Uh, and for Stormcast, obviously, yes. Now, because you have to have half and half, you'll have to move one unit from there. If only they had easy access to teleports, like oh, five of them. Oh, wow. And I can't and imagine. The, half the characters could just do it themselves, yeah. and half the units can do it themselves. Yeah. I really like this book for Stormcast. I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Like, I, the list I put together, I'm just, I'm all about that now because I feel like that army is going to be fun to play. Okay. The very first thing that I put together was an INF Deepkin list. So that tells you where my head's at. Yes. Good. We're going to have some fish and thunder fights. I'm excited for it. It's good because I wasn't going to bring much shooting anyway, so I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Hooray! Yeah. 
Uh, so reprisal is the next one. You complete this battle tactic. If an enemy unit that destroyed a friendly general early in the battle is destroyed this turn. I like that because it's just earlier in the battle. So if they've got some long strikes, you did bad positioning, they shoot your hero, out, your champion off the table first turn, you're like, crap. Well, you know what? Turn three, I finally got those long strikes in range. I'm going to declare this and kill them. Yep. You don't have to do it the same turn. Which it's just, it's just a, it's a revenge tactic. Yeah. And I feel like old GHB would have had it be the same turn or something. Right. Or the immediate turn after, like an eye for an eye. Yeah. This just, is nice. because This is just sometime in, sometime in the battle. Yeah. They kill my guy. I get to, you know, yeah. possibly get this. And maybe you throw like a little token or something when that happens. Say, hey, those are the guys just that kill my that general. Guy. Just grudge just, that Yeah, guy. they're marked. Yeah. Marked for death. Endless expropriation. I, I'm assuming I pronounced that word I think correctly. So. I have no idea. Uh, pick one enemy unit that is controlling or bonded to an endless spell or incarnate. You complete this battle tactic at the end of your turn if any of the following are true. That enemy unit has been destroyed. The endless spell is wild. That endless spell is controlled by or bonded to a friendly unit. That incarnate is wild. The endless spell is controlled or bonded to a friendly unit. Have we seen things that let you steal spells and put them on your units? Not that I'm aware of. That is interesting. I don't sound out in the comments, but like I don't know. Can you bond a wild spell? Does Zinch let you rebond a wild spell? Maybe because Zinch is the one where I like I don't know that. Book. I don't know the rules. Yeah. And it's super magic, so maybe that's interesting that that would Shrug. be in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like the multiple incarnates thing where you're like, is this pre-writing for something yeah. that's gonna come up? Uh, the one that the one that is most likely going to be true, which is actually the funniest one on this, is that the enemy unit has been destroyed, which would also just make the end of the spell wild. So both of those things would be true. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's dead. So, like all of them. Yeah. Like, yeah. The unit, uh, just kill the unit. If they have, if they're bonded to a spell, kill the unit. That's what you need. That's well, that's the you know, that's the focus. Overcharge, pop that rupture. Just make that incarnate or whatever wild immediately. Boom, you've got it. Like yeah. you can do that in the you literally hero phase. You like this one, roll the dice. That one, got it. I love I love when you can resolve within ten seconds of yourself. At least you'll know very quickly if you got your battle tactic or not. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> you can go ahead and lose the rest of the turn now. <laughs> uh, magical dominance. You complete this battle tactic at the end of your turn if a friendly wizard unit successfully cast one or more spells and none of the spells cast by any of the units in your army were unbound. So if you brought... This, this one's maybe particular, but if you look across the table and your opponent has no unbinds... <laughs> yeah. And you have you, one wizard... The only thing that, can, that you can ruin is yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, with primal magic, uh, because it doesn't say uh, successfully cast. So if you do the miscast, you don't get it. But if you mega cast it, that's still fine. Correct. Um, and if you just, you know, toss that dice in there, maybe you bring a little. Once again, I got a stormcast in here with a casting value of five on one of his spells. Just, you know. Also, maybe if roll you have over like, that. If you have an auto cast. Oh yeah. You just auto cast like you're like this is the one I'm choosing. I do my auto cast. I don't do any other spells. I hate that Teclas <laughs> can just get that entire thing for free. Yeah. Because he can cast the spell and he can declare that it cannot be unbound, and then he just automatically gets that. Correct. Ah, we handed one to the Lumineth by yeah. accident. Yeah, no, here, here you go. Lumineth they've players. actually, I think they're actually not doing great right now yeah. competitively. So, so, so it's okay. They maybe can we can one. back off the Lumineth. Yeah, we we got to pick a new faction to make fun of. Yeah. Besides daughters, I feel like that's like that's season that's one. Old hat at this point. Yeah, season one and two is my hate uh, with daughters. So I don't know. We'll find out. We'll find It'll out. It'll be cities eventually. Who's our... Oh. <laughs> Who's yeah, our... Cruel boys! Oh. <laughs> we'll just make fun of cruel boys, because they're always These terrible. are terrible. <laughs> All right, so what's... Oh, Magical Mayhem. I think that was you, actually. Oh, is it? I have no idea. I've lost count at this point. Uh, magical Mayhem. Pick one enemy unit on the battlefield. You complete this battle tactic. If that unit is destroyed by damage inflicted by a spell or the abilities of an endless spell. So this you is you right-click, and the little target appears across that person's head, and then all of your wizards Henry Cavill their arms, and you just beat the shit out of that guy until he dies, and you got it. Yeah. This is your. Uh, this is also like your, four, your 46 uh, 
46 crazy cast. Oh, yeah. Well, and it's, so the cool thing, multiple cool things about this, uh, does not say anything about the enemy unit being full strength. God, I hate that the Stormcast one is like, pick a unit's in full strength and kill it with a Redeemer yeah. whose arm fell off. Um, so if you've got somebody's one or two wounds off, you take your endless spell and you touch them with it and they die and you get this. Yeah, or you're, uh, it's like, hey, he's got one wound on him and you got a your wizard and you're like, hey, by the way, Arcane Bolt. Yeah, <laughs> just run. Run. And also, to clarify, says uh, a spell or the abilities of an endless spell does not have to necessarily be your own if your opponent somehow has a way to fuck themselves over <laughs> with their own spell. If they miscast. If they miscast, <laughs> you could be like that guy yeah. and hope. Well, actually, no. It well, they would miscast. Yeah. Yeah. So it'd have to be something where they like on their turn, they got to, I don't know, like maybe their endless spell does damage to them too or something. I don't know. I Who haven't knows? looked at all the faction endless spells, so I don't know what a lot of them do, to be honest. Besides the ones there, I there's, use. There's ways. There's ways. There's, there's ways. I'm always looking for ways to teleport other people's army. <laughs> uh, bait and trap. You complete this battle tactic if two or more friendly units retreated this turn and two or more different friendly units made a charge move this turn. Hey, Griffhounds. Auto-retreat in the combat phase. It mm. counts as a retreat. It's yep. called a retreat. Uh, and then all you have to do is make two charges. I was thinking of I was thinking of Ideneth for this one. Ideneth are perfect because you want to be charging and retreating. Yep. Any army that charges and retreats automatically, Catalyst Death Riders and uh, one of the factions does because yeah. auto run and charge. I think so. You can basically just go. Okay, I got four units. Two in, two out. Swap out, guys. You know, get your heroes out. They got charged. Yeah. Send your send your send your battle line in. Send your big dudes in. That one obviously it depends on you having two units and they have to be um, you know in combat and two units that aren't. But that's, yeah, that's one where you can literally look at the table and go, I can do this for free. Yeah, it, it's a it's a relatively easy one to do because one especially because you don't have to have them alive. Yes, they just have to charge. <laughs> they just true. have to retreat. So so two birds yeah. and two packs of griffons can achieve this in the stupidest way for like two hundred points. Yep, I like it. Uh, like 300 then you here. have uh, Led into the Maelstrom. You complete this battle attack if, if one or more friendly heroes and one or more friendly battle line units each made a charge move this turn, and at least one of those units is within three inches of an enemy unit at the end of the turn. So, not terrible. No, I feel like this is super duper easy. Yeah. Because the, if you've got a hero, if you've got one of the hero attacks and then the unit attacks guys, you the, already want to do that. The trick is you can't kill and move yourself outside of three inches. Yes, you cannot. So Iron Jaws, this is a dicey one. Because you got your Mega Boss and your guys next to him, and it's like, oh, if I roll well, though, this doesn't work. Correct. But if you have a crap Nurgle army, where you don't care about damage anyway. You just got your sloppity hanging out next to these guys. Yeah. Because it just says one of the units. So you can have your hero all the way in the butt end of your 20-pack of Plague Bearers, and just as long as both of them, you know. You can charge your garbage unit. Yeah. (laughs) And and hope he just survives. You can charge the guy and then just be like, because you have to end the charge, but then I guess, I wonder, oh, there's both ways to, like, abuse this, because, like, charging and then being able to pile out, like, the foxes can do the thing where they pile away from you. Yeah, but I think they have to be more than three inches, don't they? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how to break this one. I looked at the foxes the other day because I was trying to see if I could ally one into an uh, into an if, if it made sense to ally them in. Uh-huh. It didn't. But I, okay. I did look at the worst roll the other day. <laughs> oh God! You've just, oh no! <laughs> you started looking. You've you, once you've gone Lumineth. Eh, you can't eh. come back. Look, man. Sometimes you're just looking at elves. You're just looking at elf scrolls. Sometimes you're just like looking at elves. No, I like looking at elves. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Honestly, uh, Scourge Privateers would be super easy for this because I'm not killing shit. But I am absolutely going to charge a hero that's 80 points and a unit that's 70 points into something for a battle and tactic. Then just, and then just hope they stay alive. Yeah. Yeah, because that's all. One unit has... Well, cool. Like about 30 of these guys. Yeah. So they're probably going to be there. Yeah. Uh, and Surround and Destroy. These have cool names, too. Do. I like them. They sound like all Metallic albums. <laughs> surround and Destroy. Let it into the maelstrom. Ah. Magic 
diamond dance. <laughs> Endless exp proper pr preparation. <laughs> Endless <laughs> preparation. <laughs> That's my impression of James Hetfield trying to read that. <laughs> Can we just change the damn lyrics on this? Endless, yeah! Intimidate <laughs> the invaders! Oh, yeah, it really works. Even yeah. the titles of the battle plan list. Yeah. How many people are queuing Reprisal! up? Reprisal! Reprisal! How many people are at home right now queuing up um, uh, all of their Led Zeppelin albums oh, yeah. to be playing while this game's going on? This is cool. We could do like a... I feel like this is a very 80s way to play wargaming mm -hmm, with, mm -hmm. with these titles and stuff. Yeah, Surround and Destroy. Are you ready for it? Did you already say it? No, I haven't said oh, it Oh, I was like, wait, did we already lose it? Oh, a bit. Oh, uh, <laughs> we, we went into a bit and we never got out we never, of it. I can't escape this bit. This is the other one that I was like, so, Beasts of Chaos. Um, pick three different friendly units on the battlefield. You complete this battle tactic at the end of your turn if each of those units is wholly within six inches of a different battlefield edge, and two or more of the units are wholly outside of your territory. So anybody that can do the Mario teleport where they go to the edge of the screen and they reappear somewhere else, super easy. Once again, Stormcast, you've got units that your uh, vanguards literally have to... De the, they teleport themselves within six inches of a table edge, so boom. If you're doing that, you've already got this. This is the one that you set up, that you set up nicely for yourself on turn four, turn five. Yeah, you're like, hey, I'm I'm gonna do, I'm gonna like start moving my guys to the edge. Yeah, I think you, you could also. It's, it's kind of funny because just like the uh, intimidate, it could be a good turn one as well. It could be because <clears throat> if you've got three different uh, units that they allow, do have to be on the battlefield. That's true. So if you're if you're smart with your stormcast, you've deployed your vanguards, and then you use their self teleport to move two of them to either corner, and then you use the hero's self teleport. Uh, oh, you yeah, to just move it so you got at least two outside your territory. Boom, you're done. Right. Easy. I like these. I like these battle tactics because I feel like I can do them. They, uh, they are doable battle tactics. Yeah. Hooray! <clears throat> and nothing, even, let's like, think of the weirdest army, Guardians. That's the one that has the hardest time interacting with stuff. They can interact with this b whole thing. Yes. You, yeah, you're not going to get wizards. Who gives a shit? Uh, you're going to just beat the wizards to death anyway. Because you're going to be so slaughter or sorcery, and you're going to be able to do enough battle tactics, and then you have your own battle tactics, which are not terrible. Mm -hmm. So, like, mm -hmm. that's good, mm -hmm. too, because that's always the army that... I didn't even bother at the Galatian Champions thing because it was like, I can't even hold objectives. Can't even do it. Yeah. Like, I'm standing on an objective with 50 models worth of guys and yeah. one guy is like, nah. And again, you've, you've got options. And they're releasing more options because we saw in the updates we talked about in the, in the, fir in the first segment of the show, mm -hmm. they're releasing battle tactics for older armies to just give them a little boost and a little update to yes. say, hey, here's another one for you because you kind of need something. Finally, we will be able to get rid of the summon a great unclean one on turn six and then have him successfully complete three somersaults on your opponent's back line. And also your opponent must be named Steve. And, yeah, and dis dismount with a perfect 10 by yeah. a Russian judge. Yeah, uh, in, in the combat phase. It's yes. like, what, the, what, is, what? how do I accomplish this? Or my favorite, the uh, Stormcast one that's like, make a unit with bravery 10 flee from battle shock. Okay. okay, that's really hard to do. Unless you can throw some endless spells in there. Mm. And those endless spells can do some shit. So you want to run through these endless spells real fast? Let's do it, man, because you're going to know these a little bit better than I am. I am so excited. I have been... I'll be honest. I've never... I've literally only ever used two of them. Well, I'm going to tell you, this This one I'm about to talk about, you should consider putting in your spell in a bottle. Uh, I'm, I'm ready for it. All right. This is the Horror Gas. It's the Little the Gash Head. Mm -hmm. uh, this is from the Forbidden Power expansions. Uh, it's a casting value of 5, range of 12. Uh, set it up wholly within, blah, blah, blah. We're going to just kind of go over the, the top parts real fast because it's the same for everything. Uh, it can move 8 inches. It's predatory. Um, units cannot receive commands in the Battleshock phase where they are within 12, within 12, not wholly, of any endless spells with this ability. In addition, if the unit fails a Battleshock, it has to add D3 to the number of models. So if you've got 
orbital cannon damage, if you've got lots of long range shooting and you can somehow throw this sucker over there, none of you know, you've taken two or three guys out of a bunch of units. What is it? It's like brutes or what? Bravery six or seven? Yeah. There were brutes are where you've you killed two, you start getting kind of nervous. If yep. you killed three, you're going to spend that CP. No, you're not. No, you're not. You so can't. That's, I think this is very good shooting tech. I think you should consider putting that in your army, except when I'm using it because I only have one. <laughs> so. <laughs> And it's going in my cities list because I still think I can pull off a negative five bravery bubble, which is silly. Yeah. I have to get a Charybdis to kill something, which is not great, but, you know. Unlikely, but, hey, you know, maybe if you, if you bring a wizard in there. Yeah, it's true. That's true. They could, they could do some wizard stuff. Wizard stuff. It was, I, don't, I don't know. The computer's making noise over there. Uh, oh, it's a Slack thing. Yeah. So, the Aether Void Pendulum is next. Um, it is this, kind of the same, casting value 6, range 8. Uh, when you set it up, you have to point it. Everybody, this is clean. This has changed 15 times. Here's how it works, now it works like it should. You set it up, it can only move in a straight line the way the blade is moving. It has an 8-inch blade, or 8-inch move. Um, it, so, it used to be it only moved in one straight line, and their actual reasoning was, well, you don't know how tall the, the pendulum is, so maybe the whole battlefield is just one swing. And I was like, that's silly. So you would aim it like as a missile and have it just go across the table. Yeah. Now it can come back. That's kind of cool because you can like barrier it off. It's also decently sized. Everybody that used this used this thing to kit bash cool weapons on their models. Sorry, guys. <laughs> now the spells, it's pretty good. It's okay. Um, and so any model, any models that they've rolled across on a two-up takes D6 mortal wounds. That's a lot of mortal wounds. So if you think eight inches, I mean, it has to be able to land and its base is narrow. So obviously... Really, you want to consider that probably five inches of movement because to land that cavalry base outside, you can't go like straight over a unit. But if you can sort of, you know, angle this thing to where you can clip one or two units and just, once again, it's about making choices. Does your opponent want to risk being in range of this thing and taking D6 damage as you just hit them back and forth with it mm -hmm. every turn? Mm -hmm. Like a pendulum would. I like it. Spicy. Spicy. How about some cogs? Would you like some cogs? I would love some cogs. Let me know if you want to read any of these, by the way. You're doing a great job, buddy. I, I, I know. I, at this point, I'm like, I'm talking to the audience who's been playing with these to explain what's different now. All right, so the cogs, once again, another one of those ones that's always changed. Casting value of six, uh, range of six. It doesn't move around. Um, when you set it up, you have to decide if it's increasing or decreasing. If it's increasing the flow of time, your players, both players, <clears throat> excuse me, can reroll charge rolls for friendly units when they're wholly within 12 of this ability. That's not the one anyone ever used to take, um, but it's still kind of interesting. If it's decreasing the flow in time, players can attempt to cast either Arcane Bolt or Mystic Shield in their hero phase with a friendly wizard wholly within six of this endless spell without counting that spell towards the number of spells the wizard can cast. In addition, subtract one from hit rolls from shooting attacks that target that wizard while they're wholly within six of this spell. So it gives you a little bit of a, like, a lookout, sir, thing, and also lets you do a free Arcane Bolt or Mystic Shield. That's not terrible. Uh, if a player has any friendly wizards within six of the spell at the start of the hero phase... Oh, here we go. No, that's the change that endless spell is increasing or decreasing. I was thinking they could swap. Oh. I, was, I thought we found the way you swap spells. Uh, yeah. um, so that's kind of the way it's always worked, is you pick one or the other. Yep. Uh, but th the newer part is that you get to do the extra spell, which is okay, I guess. And the minus one from hitting was nice, I guess. Uh, you're probably not going to see a ton of cogs, I think. I think if you have an army that wants to do reroll charging a lot, like if you if you have an army that really wants to hit some charges because of like impact hits and stuff yeah. like that, that's a weird place for it, but it kind of fits. I can see it because there's the well, there's the one where you have like the two bound spells, mm -hmm. so you might bring a because Cogs is pretty cheap if I remember rightly too. Yeah, I, um, I think so. I, I didn't bring my little points thing with me that yeah. they give you. So the so if you're bringing it and you like buy, if you bind the cogs then you basically say like, oh yeah I've got the mystic shield or an arcane bolt or something like that and then I can still cast my regular spells I've got this bound to me 
cast something else. You know, you can see where it's like, oh, I'm going to bring this because it's cheap and I can get it on my war scroll and then I can cast it, bind it to me and have, you know, the two endless spells on the table for that battle tactic or something along those lines. Yeah, it's it's a way to get like a real fast, easy, cheap spell. I'm trying to find <laughs> the actual cost <laughs> of the spell this whole time. Uh, cogs are 50. It's a little expensive. <clears throat> I would, I would, I would think this is a forty, but I'll take a fifty. Yeah. I, I, but honestly, there's so many other better spells at this point. Yeah. I think we might be the time of cogs might be slowly moving away. You know, like em, like Emerald Life Swarm, which is always what I do use is a classic one. Uh, I don't think actually anything's changed on Emerald Life Swarm. Uh, but I never know. <laughs> yeah, and the spell predatory it can be moved uh, up to eight inches. It can fly. Uh, after the spell has moved, the commanding player pick one unit within three inches of it, and they can heal it to D3 wounds allocated to that unit. Or if no wounds are allocated to it, they can return a number of slain models to that unit that have a combined wounds characteristic of D3 or less. So, yes. nice for your little packs of one-wound guys to just keep bringing them back. Yeah, Bring those is, guys back. This is the spell that when you summon it and you put it behind some plague bearers, your opponent goes, God, man, really? Well, really? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm never going to move this block now. Yeah, i got to keep unbinding this. Yeah, plus with a range of six, and then it moves eight. So it's essentially a 14-inch range for the spell. Yeah. So that's a pretty good range as well. Oh, the Gymnids. This used to be like four paragraphs of rules. And now, now it's, look at it. It's look one. at it now. <laughs> It's a one paragraph. They did not know. what, And it started off with a cool idea. The light side did one thing, the dark side one thing. But if they got too close together, they, they exploded. Yeah. And if they got too far away, they canceled out. So... I understand why it's got simplified is because that was its own little mini game you had to do moving these testes around. Uh, so now, you got when you're summoning your Geminids of Olhish, you've got a casting value of six, range of eight. You have to set them up wholly within uh, each spell within six of each other and wholly within range. Obviously, um, it can move eight inches. The parts have to stay within six inches of each other now. So there's no more of that weird math like that. After it's moved, you roll a dice for each unit that has any move any models it has passed across, and for other each other unit that is within one inch at the end of its move. So it has a little impact thing on a two up. That is that unit cannot issue or receive commands. That's, That's pretty, pretty good. good. Yeah, and when you think about the two, the six inches apart spells, you've got a pretty wide little net. There. It's a line. If you can it's do like that, and, and you know, you shut down all those commands that would protect them, and they've also got a horror ghast back there, so they don't get to do anything in the battle shock phase, and then you start hurting them. Yeah. I think that's it's good. You'll probably see and Gymnids coming in at fifty. Yeah, you're gonna take Gymnids over the cogs because <laughs> Gymnids are most of the time gonna be more universally usable. Yeah. Malevolent uh, Maelstrom. All right, let's hey, go for it, buddy. Let's have a hard to chart on this. I, I, when I got this spell out of the box, it was literally the no. I painted the pendulum first because I was going to use it in a battle that weekend. The Maelstrom was the second spell I painted. I have literally ever put it on the table because it was balls. It's always been. Bad and not worth the cost, which right now is 30 points. 30 points. What do you do with a dirty 30? Let me tell you. You're gonna this thing is good. Everyone, once again, kit bash this into other shit. I'm sorry. Find a copy. So after the endless spell is summoned. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh casting value of five, so you can roll over that in a range of eight. Um, and it moves eight, so 16, essentially. After it is summoned, <clears throat> you place a d6 beside it with the one facing up. It's got a little counter. Each time a spell is successfully cast by unit within 12 of this and not unbound, after all the spells done, you increase it by one to a max of six. In addition, this is what separates it because it's always had that rule. In addition, it was weird too because it's a shish thing and it didn't care about killed models. In addition, I say for a third time, each time a model is slain within 12 of this endless spell, increase the value of this dice beside the spell to one. So, you know, spell in a bottle, toss the sucker out there, shoot six Skaven, it's gonna pop. Um, at the end of the phase in which the dice beside the endless spell reaches six, this endless spell is removed from play. When it's removed from play, 
add six to the value of the dice beside it, so 12, each unit within a number of inches equal. I guess if you remove it early, too, it goes mm -hmm. off either way. Mm -hmm. Oh, I didn't even catch that the first time around. I love this little guy. Um, add six to the value of the dice beside it. So 12, each unit within a number of inches equal to the result suffers D3 mortal wounds. No roll, no four up, nothing. You just you eat it. Wizards take three. Wizards just take three. Yeah. So for 30 points, and a, you just you just toss this back there. It's just a bomb that goes off. It's a it's a little time bomb because if they don't have a lot of units that can do a lot of damage, the wizards are still like, well, you know, how many spells do you want to cast? Because, you know, this popping, you got a primal miscast on your turn, and this thing goes off, you could lose all your wizards if they're a little six-wound, five-wound wizards like that. Um, in addition, the death thing means that if you're an army that doesn't, if your opponent's army doesn't have wizards, you can still use this spell. It still has a viable use because then you just got to have people die. A lot of armies will lose six models in a combat easy because they're going to regenerate your thrall list, for instance. They're going to yeah. regenerate 12 anyway. But now you're going to explode and hit a bunch of people in a circle and everything like this, you're gonna see this on the table. It's gonna be I, nasty. I don't know why you wouldn't. I feel like I'm. A, I feel like I'm an insane person because I'm looking at it going. It's so good now. What's the What's the thing I'm not seeing that someone's gonna go? Zach, it's not that good. <laughs> Calm down. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. What is it? Do you know what it is? I don't. I don't know. I, I have. I have anxiety that I'm like. <laughs> I'm like. It can't. It can't be this good. Yeah. We have years it's, of this thing just sitting there looking it's at really me. Really solid. Yeah. Uh, you know what else is really solid? A wall. It's Prismatic Palisade. Yeah. Prismatic Palisade is back, yo. It's back. Yeah, it got confusingly bad for a while. It was confusingly bad for a while. It is no longer confusingly bad because Prismatic Palisade is a casting value of 7 and a range of 18 inches. Yep. It after doesn't move, obviously. Yeah, it doesn't move, <laughs> but uh, after this endless spell is set up and at the start of each subsequent hero phase, roll a dice for each unit within 6 inches of this endless spell, and on a 3-up, that unit cannot make shooting attacks in that turn. It just shuts off shooting. Yep. Also, you add three inches to the range of this ability at the start of each battle round after the turn in which the endless spell was summoned. So it goes from six inches to nine inches to 12 inches. You can't run away from this thing. No. Do you want your anti-KO? This is pretty... Well, I would say this. I think this is actually... I think KO has a little tiny bit of an advantage because you, you're fast usually. You're faster than a lot of other shooting, which wants to stand still. In fact, some of it gets bonuses for standing still. This is true. So if you're playing a gun line from cities, you have to like back up out of the range of this thing to have any use of that. And if just, you're playing a ground pounder shooter army, like just a ton of long strikes or stuff, yeah. just if plop you, this If you don't down. have anything to like get rid of it, it's, it's just, just a, It's just a nightmare. It's just there. And if your movement, so it's, it's growing by three, you've got movement five. But you have a unit of five or six guys. He's going to take you maybe two turns to get out of the range of the thing. If you don't have an unbind or a way to get rid of it. Yeah. 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 Pretty, it's, a, it's an actual nightmare. Pretty solid. The only part that makes it not as good as the Maelstrom is that, yeah, you have to do a three-up roll. Also, the Maelstrom is my favorite. But it is 40 points. So that's a good it's, cheap thing. It's a cheap. Do you have a, my Prismatic Palisade? No. I, I can't it, I, find I mine. Did, yeah, I did give it back to you at some point. I did use it like yeah. in, its early, in its early iteration. I don't know where mine is. I gotta yeah. find that. That's the find old, that. I, that, sucker's, I, that sucker's nasty. I know. I got all my endless spells together on the shelf, and I was like, that's, oh my I can't God. find that one. I'm just thinking about that with like freaking Nurgle. Not that you have to worry about shooting anyway. I was like, oh yeah. I don't but but yeah. just like, to just throw that out as like Nurgle or something like that, and just go, oh yeah, by the way, this is no shooting. I mean, it just, I mean, all of Zinch shooting would just go, boop. Yeah. Any, any like, uh, artillery kind of stuff yeah. yeah this is solid i mean against ko it is really not i mean i mean yeah you're fast like you can get out of range of it there's a combo then if you really want to if you have a ko player in your community and you hate them and, hate and, <laughs> and you have access to the palisade and the shards you can just make them not want to play the game yeah anymore. you're gonna really shut them down you literally don't, they don't I mean, get to play the game well and, like as a ko player you don't have 
unbinds. Well, that, that one time you did. Right. You had 12 or whatever. Well, yeah, but they took away that, but they took away that, that, uh, that whole thing. I was like, oh my god, I, get, I finally get to do this, and I don't get to do it anymore. But yeah, um, yeah, you just don't have access to a lot of unbinds. Like, you have to use your heroic action uh-huh. to, to try, try and, unbind. and unbind it. And it's a 7. Uh, so, yeah. And with the primal magic, like you'll you can probably get it sometimes, but that just also means that the person like oh you've un- you've you know you've dispelled it, it's just gonna come back. Yeah, <laughs> your punisher can go ha, it's back, and now it's and it's with an eighteen inch range. You're just gonna slap it down, like wherever your chunks of dudes are. It's it's so dick. I love it. I, I do like it. I'm excited to see it. I'm also excited for the purple sun just because it's the purple sun. Who doesn't love a good purple sun? It's uh, 80 points. I'm checking the I'm checking the stats yeah, now. Li- little little more expensive. Yeah. Um. So it's actually it's always been kind of a little pricey for what it does because it's swingy. So mm-hmm. let's see what it swings to this time. Uh, it's summoned with a spell. Summoned with a spell. The endless spell is summoned with a spell. That is a confusing sentence I've just read out loud. Um. It has a casting value of eight and a range of eight. And uh, you set it up and then it can move eight. So 16. Um, subtract one from save rolls that target units while they're within six of any endless spells with this ability. That's pretty good. It's a big base, too, we should mm-hmm. say. Uh, in addition, roll a dice for each unit within one inch of this endless spell after it has moved. On a one, oh, the unit has been touched by the purple sun's rays. If it has a wounds characteristic or nine or less, a one model in that unit is slain. Whoopsie if that's just like a dude hanging out by himself, a hero. Um, if otherwise, the unit suffers D6 plus six mortal wounds, so it has a good use against like gargants and stuff, too. That's pretty cool. That's hurdy. 80 points is always where you're like, is this, with all the other new magic, is this valuable as a damage spell or is it valuable as a threat option? Because mm-hmm. the only time I've ever put it on the table, nobody, I've never actually done much damage with it. But just having it hanging out in an area near an objective. Just, just circling. Yeah, it makes people not want to get into that objective necessarily because on the chance that they roll the one and whoopsie, there and goes their biggest guy on the table. Just you gone, know? yeah. Yeah. And again, I mean, it's an eight, it's an eight casting value, but like eights are like the new fives. I know, really. What's the? <laughs> I guess like ten is now the hard yeah, I think number. Ten, I think ten is a hard number. Yeah, because you're because you almost kind of need a primal magic to go off. You would. I would almost absolutely assume yeah. so. Yeah, unless but, you get really lucky. But otherwise, yeah, like you just eight's eight's nothing now. Eight's nothing. <laughs> Six is nothing. Yeah, which is which is a quicksilver swords. Yeah. So the quicksilver swords, uh, casting value six, range of six. Uh, it's predatory, so eight inches of fly. Uh, after the spell has moved, you can pick one unit that has any models it passed across and roll 12 dice, and for each five up, the unit suffers m- one mortal wound. In addition, mortal wounds caused by this ability cannot be negated. Pretty solid. Uh, it, nice for anything that has a... If you have, like, a ward... If uh, you want to send against, like, a ward save. Yeah, so that is... This one is... Uh, I don't know. This is not my favorite because it's 60 points, so it's kind of like... Ugh, it's a little expensive. A little much, and uh, yeah, there's a good chance your opponent doesn't have any ward saves, and then what you've really done is you spent 60 points for 12 dice and a 5-up, so you'll do 4 or 5 four, wounds. Four. At, yeah, 4. And, like, I don't know. There's better options. Literally, the next spell on the page... Uh, yeah, the Gnashing Jaws. ...is 70 points, so for 10 more points, you get a horrifyingly cool spell. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. So... The Ravenax Gnashing Jaws. Uh, this is an endless spell, summoned with a spell, and it's a spell. And it's spelled on a casting value of 6 and a range of 8, and then uh, it moves 3d6. That's important. You have to keep track of this, too. Mm-hmm. That's my only part I don't like about it. Is you have to, so when you roll its dice, put those dice beside the model. This is a hint for everyone using this, because that's why I saw people doing it in the tournament, and it makes sense. Because after it's moved, you pick one unit that any models have passed across or within one inch of it after it ends its move and roll a dice. On a 2-up... If the roll for the endless spell's move was greater than that unit's move characteristic, the unit suffers the difference in mortal wounds. So, brutes are what? Five? Four? Uh, four. Four. 
So, what do you think on 3d6 I'm going to get? Let's see, on an average of on three. On average, you're probably going to get ten? Like, not, yeah, I mean, nine, ten? Yeah. So, six mortal wounds. Ow. Yeah. That's two brutes. That's two brutes, baby. And it's just going to keep doing that, too. And with, I mean, casting value of six, it's going to get dispelled, and then you're going to summon it again and send it off to Pac-Man somebody else to death. Uh, I think this one's cool. Honestly, if you're going heavy damage, this is, like, the one you're probably going to bring. Yeah. Yeah, there's units where they got a movement of 12, so you might do a wound or something like that. And, of course, you got the two ups. You could just roll a one and then go, God dang it. <laughs> just, oh, man. But more likely than not, um, and you only get to pick the one unit, so it's not a radius damage thing, but more likely than not, if your opponent has a slower army, a slower troop, they don't want to have to deal with this, and you can kill bigger, more expensive targets easier. Right. Also, it's a huge base, so you do add in, like, an extra four inches if you just can't a, get around it. a lot of space. Yeah. You can move through it, but you cannot end on it. Right. Uh, and then they, uh, they ruined my soul stand shack. Yeah, they really did kind of just decide they, they, nobody they, wants to do these yeah. anymore. They, they killed my babies. Uh, yeah. I think they realized the combination that I was, that I was rocking with the soul snare shackles and they were like, we're not allowing this anymore. Oh yeah. You did have them in the tournament, right? Uh-huh. And you went top three. So that's why. I wasn't top three. I was top, I was top five. Top I was five. In top five, top eight, something like that. I don't know. You were in the top. Yeah. I, I, I finished above half. Yeah. So that's why you, you, <laughs> you yeah, did too I, well with a spell. I, we I broke it. I ruined this for everybody. Uh, so Soul Snare Shock, this is what it used to do is it used to not allow charges. Yes. So you just stick this, like you take damage, maybe. Yeah, who cares? But the damage part didn't matter. It didn't matter because you just stick it with your shootings and you're just like, oh, by the way, you can't charge. So you can't actually charge my shooting units yeah. at, while they're hanging around, around my Soul Snare Shackles. It's like, you did what now? It's like, yeah, I act it's, I'm actually hurting myself. Hurting myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All oh, these ironclads are healing, though, so who cares? Yeah, who, doesn't really matter. Uh, so instead, now what they do, uh, it's a casting value of seven, range of eight. Uh, they have to be set within three inches of each other. Which is basically touching because yeah. of the base sizes. Yep. Uh, and at the start of the movement phase, roll the dice for each unit within six inches of this endless spell. Subtract the, uh, the result from that unit's move characteristic to a minimum of zero until the end of that phase. In addition, if a unit's move characteristic is reduced to zero by this ability, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds. It sucks now. So here's the shackles are 40 points. So for 70 points, if you have a slow unit you want to punish, you can eat it with the jaws. For 40 points, you can punish a slow unit. You're probably not going to do the damage. But if you have a unit that has a six-inch move and you roll a three, that could mess up some plans. I, I could see it being valuable, but I don't think so based on all the other ways to do what it does. The the advantage was always the the anti charge. Yeah, and uh, like I, props for having to move characteristic to a minimum of zero. I haven't seen that. Usually, it only lets you go to one. Yeah. So like, sorry, plague bearers with a four-inch <laughs> move. Four-inch move. Just how much do I, how much do I get to move? None. You yeah. move zero. Or you roll a one, and it's like cool. I was gonna move three inches anyway. Yeah. So yeah, that's. That's less impressive. I liked it better when you could spread it out and it did fun stuff. And, you know, I understand. Yeah. I liked that you teed me up by doing that one because the next one is the other one I was super excited about. Uh, you're welcome. Once again, wh why? <laughs> the Grave Tide. The Grave Tide has been the joke spell. Mm -hmm. uh, even when they, remember when they dropped it, what was it, 20 points? Was it 20 points for a little bit, I think? Uh, yeah, it was it, like dirt cheap. Yeah, and it was like, just please, just please, God. It's 30 points now. So yeah, it was 20. It was like, please, God, just play this. Just put this model on the table. We don't know what it does. It's changed a lot. Here's what it does now. It's good. That's good. Endless spell. I hate it because it's uh, the kit is not good. It has a ton of mold lines. <laughs> it's not a well-put-together model. The endless spell is summoned with a spell on a casting value of 6 and range of 8. Uh, and then it can be moved 12. So that's a 20-inch range. Used to be you set it up wholly within four of the caster and it moved like nothing. Yeah, it was like six inches. Or it something. was a weird like, oh shit, my mage is about to be charged. I've dropped the grave tide, so you physically can't get to me. Right now, 
You're going to be surfing USA, pulled to the grave. Uh, at the endless spell has moved for each unit that has any any models that pass across. Roll a number of dice equal to the number of models in that unit. For each five up, it takes a mortal wound. So it's a horde buster. Yeah, that's a thirty point horde buster with a, a big ass base. It's a Tokyo Drift horde buster. Yeah, you can because you just have to pass across one model in that unit. So if you just Tokyo Drift that sucker and like do the little, little clip clip. Yeah. Yeah, because you're setting it up uh, eight inches away. So you're within range of a model. You you go. You do that thing where it basically touches everybody, goes in and out. Yep. So you're like an inch in, no. inch out, <laughs> inch in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just touch everybody on there, and then yeah, maybe bust a couple of hordes. Also, you got this big thing in the way, and you know, even if it's not a horde, yeah, I'm still getting maybe a mortal wound or two. I I'm really excited about putting this on the table. And also, you can't move around it because it is kind of big. Yeah, it's big. It's difficult to uh, to navigate around. Between that and the Palisades, you have a good way of just being like, I'm going to create a MOBA. There are three lanes, and I'm <laughs> going to make you have to channel into these lanes. Yeah. So I, I think that one's pretty cool. And it's 30 points. It puts it, puts it right in the fun zone, too. Yeah. Of like, you know what? I got 30 points left over. Let's see what this does. Then we got the Burning Head. Yeah. Uh, a fun change, too. A uh, cast of value 6 in a range of 8, and then it's uh, 8 inches it can fly. So after the spell has been moved, the commanding player can pick one enemy unit within one inches of this endless spell and roll the dice. And on two up, that en this endless spell is treated as part of their enemy unit until either that unit is destroyed or the endless spell is dispelled, at which point the endless spell is removed from play. While this endless spell is a part of that unit, at the end of each movement phase, roll the dice. And on a two up, that unit uh, suffers three D3 mortal wounds. Yeah, it's a dot. Yeah. It's, it's a damage over time. You put it on somebody and it just sits there and does damage. It's a really good anti-horde. Yeah. I also Another really good anti-horde bit where it's like, oh, I have like a pack of 30 like dudes or whatever. They're each, you know, one wound each or something like that. And it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, just every movement phase, lose one to three of them. Yeah. And then you have to make a battle shock test. Oh, my gosh. And just one to three, if you roll that three and kill like an Annihilator, it's like, well, crap. Yeah. And, and it's going to maybe kill another one next turn. I, I love the journey the Burning Head has had because it started off being a thing that when it fought next, like when you fought next to it, it made you attack more, mm -hmm. I believe. And then it became a magic missile, essentially, in the last edition where it's like it doesn't it just does damage. It's, this, it's another arcane bolt, but you get to put the little thing on the table, move it and then pick it back up again. Now it, it's found its place. It's a friend for your opponents that they didn't want. You give them a little buddy, and I like to imagine he flies around just yelling nonsense at him the whole time and just hitting people with a skull. Oh man, just stick that on like a hero or something too, like your like your opponent's hero. Yeah, because it, it's just a unit. What wouldn't like to take D three damage every turn? Yeah, <laughs> like just for free. On top of all the other stuff you're doing, this is just sitting there, and it's like, well, making choices. Your opponent's going to unbind. Are they going to unbind? The gnashing jaws that are eating all their people, or are they going to unbind this so their wizard doesn't die to a skull that's to a on fire? skull that's just screaming at them yeah. going, you suck at this game! To one of the easiest things to kill in the Doom games is just little flying skull yeah. guys. How many points is this, is, it, is it Burning Head? The Burning Head is 30 points. It's, so, it's so solidly cheap. in the fun zone, yeah. too. So cheap. And it's a cool-looking model. Yeah. I, I, I like the Burning The hardest part about this is not going to be able to, You can't take all the endless spells. Right. So that's the hardest part, is I don't know which ones to pick. I might pick up... Ooh, man. I've got like 30 points left in that list that I was building for I Defeat Kid. Maybe I, maybe I grab Burning Head. You toss the Burning Head on something you don't want to deal with, but you do need to get rid of. Hey, yeah. Marathi, here's uh, just yeah. a guaranteed just, damage to you. Here's just damage that you're going to take. Yeah. I don't have to worry about trying to get to you. You're going to take that damage somehow. Uh, Spell Portal. Spell Portal is the same. I, I think it's pretty much the same. Uh, 5, 18, one part within one, other part within 18. Uh, you can cast one spell through it once per turn. Uh, range is de determined by the spell. 
Um, and if an endless spell starts within six inches of it, you can basically teleport it within six inches of the other one. I think that's actually what it did pretty much yeah, to begin that's with. Yeah, exact same. So. Cool. Uh, and they are... I keep almost... I keep not finding it. Oh, I didn't scroll all the way down. 80 points. A little expensive, but yeah. it's a really good spell, if, what, especially if you're a high magic. If you're a high magic army, if you're a high magic army, or just you know high in general, and you want to basically super load a Kamehameha through this or yeah. something like that with the primal magic and all that, like eh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Also, the, it cannot be stated that, or it cannot be understated, having an endless spell be able to teleport back and forth is is frustrating for your opponent to deal with, but they can also um, send one to you. So right. be very aware <laughs> that the mirror works both ways. Because uh, it is a mirror. Yeah, so they can also cast out of it as well. Uh, Soul Scream Bridge, I think, is the exact same as well. Uh, yeah, my six inches teleport. Yeah, so Soul Scream Bridge is the, the big, bony, spooky bridge. Uh, six, casting value six, range of 18. Um, at start movement phase, you can pick one friendly unit, wholly within six, and set it up uh, wholly within six of the other side outside of nine. Yeah. Nice. That's about what it does. Shards of Veligar. This was the one that was my favorite that they ruined. I didn't yeah. ruin it. I just I liked the old thing it did better because it was more fun. Um, now what does it do, Zach? It has two parts. Luckily, no one has this besides me, anyway. Uh, the endless spell is someone with a uh, casting value of five, range of 18. Holy within, you set up the parts wholly within eight of each other. These are big bases as well, so this covers a pretty decent amount of space. Um, I mean, it's, when, it's funny, it's predatory. When you pick one, you pick one up and kind of rotate it around. That's how it moves, eight inches within the other one. Uh, when they're within six inches of any endless spell with this ability, units cannot fly or be removed from the battlefield with an effect that would allow them to be set up on the same turn. In addition, units cannot be set up within six inches of the spell. So this is pretty much anti-KO tech. Like, if, you've, if your local league has 12 <laughs> KO players and they're bullying everybody and taking their lunch money, take this, toss it down. Maybe there's another spell that doesn't let you shoot. Yep. Now, now you can't shoot. Now you can't fly. Now you can't fly high. What you going to do, KO? You're going to wait until I walk over there and slap you. That's what this is for. Um, it is 40 points, so it's a little outside of the fun zone. I consider the fun zone 30 points. Like, that's the fun zone for spells. But I think it's good if you've got a really heavy shooting or teleport meta or you or that begins to be the thing that really takes over, this is a pretty cool thing to have. Yeah. And finally, there's the bone guy. Yeah, uh, the Lashawn, the soul, the soul Seeker. Uh, he's got a casting value 6, range of 6. Um... And it's predatory. It can move eight to inches. Basically, it allows your wizard to hitch a ride. Yeah, your wizard hitches a ride. He catch a ride. Yeah, catch a ride. He and moves then, eighteen, drops off, wound. and then takes a wound. He falls out of the. I like to imagine that he gets there, and the bone guy just picks him up and throws yeah. him off the side of the boat. Does make your wound. Does make your wizard very fast, though. It does, and it looks like we're going to do a lot of wizard stuff in this upcoming season. So, so. not the worst. How, how many points? Uh, this is Lachon the Soul Seeker. He's fifty, so he he mm, is in choice. That's a fun zone. But he's outside of fun zone, but he's probably in, like, somebody who's a better player than us is going to go, yeah, but you put him with these five guys, and you teleport these wizards around and, and do all this kind of stuff. Do fun wizardy stuff. Yeah. All right. We're hitting another break, then we're going to come back, do some battle plans and final thoughts. Yeah. Get ready for that. Gigabytes Cafe in Marietta, Georgia is your one-stop shop for everything you need for your favorite hobby or fandom. Gigabytes carries a wide selection of miniature lines including Games Workshop, Reaper, and WizKids, not to mention all the terrain, paints, and hobby supplies you need to supplement your tabletop games. Not a wargamer? The cafe boasts an ever-growing selection of hundreds of board games, TCGs, CCGs, and other nerd-based acronyms eager to join your collections. So what are you waiting for? Go to gigabytesonline.com and start shopping now. Yeah, I, was like, I can't see shit. So for your beautiful face, my man. That's that's why I lit the candle. <laughs> oh shit! I can't read nothing. Oh yeah. Okay. 
So, uh, hey, welcome back for those of you that just joined us. Oh, my God. Uh, turn on a light, man. I decided to try to do this by candlelight because you just saw the threads post I did uh, a couple days ago before the show came out. Yeah, that's what I'm tying it into social media. Um, but it's way too dark in here. So, hold on. I'm going to go turn the lights back on. I can see you again. Oh, Hooray. Oh, that's um, what we look like. So, we're at the last part of the book now because uh, we did a little bit jumping around. But now we're to the battle plans. Yes. So, uh, we previewed this a little bit uh, earlier in, in the show. But uh, Games Workshop, um, kind of taking some time and trying to balance out the game a little bit. Yeah. Well, it is, and the way they're doing this is they're taking it into the battle plans and saying, hey, when priority is determined uh, for who goes first, who goes second, you get a choice. You either go first so you can get your damage first, or you can go second, and you're going to get a really fancy bonus that's going to come out in the battle plan. On top of on top the of, whole uh, bonus you get for doing an extra spell or a command point. Right. So you get a little extra thing as well. Yeah. So this is this is your this is your battle plan bonus, right? Yeah. So uh, we're just I mean we're gonna run through them. Oh, anytime we talk about maps, it's weird because you can't see the map. <laughs> All right. Uh, I will I'll tell you. I'll we'll describe them. Yeah. To I guess you. we'll describe them or we'll at least tell you which ones they are. Yeah. This um, this part of the show kinda, might be for people that have played this game a bit. Yeah. Because or, or this or is gonna the, or have the thing at uh, at home with them that they can look at right now. Yeah. Who this knows? is gonna get pretty techy for us. So. Yeah. This is so, probably the, the technical part up. of the game. I'll still make some fart jokes, everybody. Don't worry. Hey, there you go. Uh, so the first one, ge uh, Battle Plan 1, Table 1, Geomantic Pulse. Okay, so you got, uh, you got your attacker territory, you got defender territory, you got four points in the middle. Yeah. Right? Uh, and you're, it's a quarter. You got quarters, so it's half and half, and then you got a quarter of that as your, as your territory. And one point on the far left is labeled A, and the point on the far right is labeled B, which is important. Indeed. So... The way the pulse works is at the start of the second battle round, after determining which player will take the first turn, the player taking the second turn picks either Objective A or Objective B to be the pulse for that battle round. At the start of each subsequent battle round, the objective adjacent to the pulse that has not been the pulse becomes the pulse, and only yep. one objective can be the pulse per battle round. Objectives cannot be moved in this battle, so no Gargant shenanigans. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> to be um, fair, that's the one Gargant I don't... No, I do have that one now. Yeah, oh, no, dang it. Uh, you score one uh, victory point if you control at least one objective. You score two victory points if you control the objective. And you score one victory point for each objective adjacent to the pulse that you control. And you score two victory points if you can uh, complete your battle attack to that turn. So the way this works, right? You get the four points. Yes. You got point A on the one side, point B on the other side. You pick a side. If you go second in the second battle round, you get to say A or B. If you say A, then each subsequent battle round, it will the pulse will move. Yes. And it will move. So turn three will be... Adjacent to A. Turn four, it will be adjacent to the adjacent. Yeah, and turn <laughs> it. five, it'll be B. And turn five, it'll be B. Yes. And you, so the way this works this is, is great for Gargants. You move in a straight you line. You do, in fact, move in a straight line. But the, so the way this works is that you are, you almost kind of want to, it, this is where it gets weird. You almost kind of want to go second. Yeah. Because either you've bunched your army up and you want to, you want to march it kind of slowly with the pulse. Yep. Or you spread out and you try and capture as many objectives as possible. Yeah, but you're you're gonna be fighting over, like, you'll be fighting over like different different things. Like, yeah, and, the, you... and these point values change. Like so, it you know on turn on turn two when if A is the pulse, you mm -hmm. get two points for it, and then you get you get another buddy, and you get its buddy, and you get another point for it. So you yeah. can have, and then you get another point because you control at least one. Right. Um, so you would have four at that point. Yep. And then six with your battle tactic. Bingo. So you could easily get, this could be, this is one of those ones that goes to six basically every round. 
well, that actually goes up even more than that because in turns uh, rounds three and four, it goes. Oh, the pulse has two buddies. It has two buddies. Yeah, so you can get one on either side of it to get the extra points as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So it the oh, okay. turn yeah so rounds three and four is where it's like the highest scoring opportunities uh-huh so do you position yourself and try and get points early do you get points in the middle do you try and cap it at the end yeah how are you fighting this are you just gonna go fuck it and just try and kill them then you don't have to worry about the objectives but you know it's this is this is a battle tactic that makes you make choices <laughs> this is a fun plan because if you're a hyper aggressive army you can set it up that you run you maybe and maybe you've got the turn and so they put the pulse behind them cool you want to be in their face anyway and you want to prevent them from chasing the pulse it's like a, a the vice isn't in here unless i just completely missed it. the vice is still my favorite map they've yeah. ever done because it's gargans the vice is the best right because you just go okay cool i'm gonna hold these two objectives and walk towards the middle of the table you don't want to be there when i get there and that's the only objective because yeah. i'm gonna have an entire gargant army on it so this is i'm so uh, the way that I was kind of trying to think of the, a lot of these battle plans is like, what are they? What army is going to work really, really nicely here, mm-hmm. right? So if you're a Gargant player, you're probably going to be chasing, right? You're going to move to the center. You might be chasing. You might be moving to the center. Of the board. Yeah. If you're a Nurgle player, you're just going to say, screw, screw round one. What do I care about round one? I'm going to move. I'm going to move my ass to the center of the board. And I'm going to park myself yep. there. You have to get by me. That pulse is going to come to you. You don't got to worry about going to it. It's nope. coming to you. <laughs> you throw, uh, you throw some nurglings on B or whatever the uh, the end yeah. is. So you're the, always capping so you're the end always one. Always capping the end one. Like you're just like, hey, the pulse is going to come to me, which means the fight's got to come to me. It's it's a really, it's a really interesting tactical play like that you're gonna yeah. going to wind up doing for some of this stuff. This is this is the kind of complexity that I like in battles and in, in yes. maps where it's not. I have to keep track of five different counts, and then there's things at the end of the turn, and we pulled that objective, but then you have to roll two, and that becomes the prime. Like, this one makes sense. It, it moves goes in from a line. one side to the other. <laughs> it moves in a line. Don't got to worry about it. Okay, so I do... Uh, there's a weird rule interaction I'm actually looking up live on the spot. Okay. Um, Because I wanted to see... Nope, it doesn't do what I thought it did. Never mind. Neat. I thought there was a way to, to corrupt the objective, and I was wondering if that would mean that the objective moved, but it doesn't do it in the way that would apply to that. Okay. I'm seeing if you could poison the pulse uh, yeah, yeah. and then just have the pulse be like <laughs> just, your objective even wherever it goes yeah, until yeah. they kill that guy, but it doesn't work. Still, this is a really cool map. Yeah. I, I'm looking forward to playing this one because once again, whatever you brought, you're playing Stormcast, cool. Deploy half your army, then the turn two, maybe drop, maybe drop a guy, maybe. Just see what your opponent does. Turn three, whole army wherever the pulse yeah. is going to be. Are, are you going, like, and if you win priority, you get to choose. You do get to choose if you get to go first or second. What's well, the second um, battle round? Right. Yeah. So if you get so, the priority, if you get priority, you get the choice. Yeah. Do you want to? Do you want to press your advantage, or do you want to choose where, like, the end that this is starting on? I kind of like the choosing where the end is, and just because I, I love Neural so much, I'm just like, mm-hmm. well, let's see. There's a great unclean one on B, a great unclean one on B's buddy. Yeah, and that's it. I don't and have to you, worry. And you know that you're getting those points. At first turn, you'll get a bunch of points. Cool. <laughs> Eventually, and then turns three, four, five. I'm gonna catch up. I'm gonna catch up. Yeah. Uh, the next one, Nexus Collapse. Yes. This is six objectives. Uh, it's catty cornered for corners I, for objectives. <laughs> I looked at this and I was like, uh, for the viewing impaired, I have no idea how to describe yeah. this map. It's so, the checkerboard deployment that's also got <laughs> six Dragon Balls in it. Yeah. And I don't know. Look it up. Okay. <laughs> this so, one's hard. This one is. <coughs> this one's hard for setup. It's a really cool map. Yeah. Um, so, uh, attacker defender. The attacker picks uh, which territory. Um, yeah. They set yeah. Him, you have to set up nine inches away. Okay. So, the way this Nexus class works, might already be clued in a little bit because it does say collapse. Yeah. I feel like these things are maybe going to go away at some they point. Might do. Perhaps so, do some damage. 
Instability. At the start of each battle round, after the after the first, after determining which player will take the first turn, the player with the fewest victory points can choose to collapse up to two objectives. If both players are tied on, uh, on objectives, the players roll off and the winner can choose to collapse one objective. One. Yeah. Roll a dice for each unit within six inches of any collapsed objectives. On a four-up, that unit suffers D3 mortal wounds, and once all rolls have been made for those units, remove all collapsed objectives from the battlefield. That's victory, cool. A victory point for uh, controlling at least one objective, a victory point if you control two or more, uh, you, and a victory point if you control more objectives than your opponent, two for your battle tactic. Yeah, so one, two more battle tactic is pretty... That's the pretty standard, standard scoring. This is nuts. This is really... F this, once again, if you're turn two and you're going second, or you just got any turn, but like specifically turn two, you can be like, cool, I want to control this battlefield. So I'm going to move the two objectives that I have no interest of getting on whatsoever. And then make sure you have to come get the ones that I've defended yeah. or that I know I can get. This is a really neat, like, catch up. Yeah. Battle tactic where it's like, hey, if you're losing early, it's okay. Yeah. Because you'll be you're able gonna to get a chance. pull and you'll do some damage too. Yeah. Theoretically, once again, I feel like a lot of wizards are gonna be running around with half health <laughs> about by turn three. Oh my god, yeah. In this, in this new edition, a lot of bloody wizards just limping around the, everywhere. This you, is gonna this is gonna remove a lot of models from the battlefield really fast. Yeah. And also, um, my, so here's some, some tactic tech I do whenever I have one of these things like this, is if I'm losing, uh, I remove my objective. Because by that point, my opponent has probably come over to get my objective, assuming mm -hmm. I'm going to remove one of theirs. I remove mine and then do some dumb teleport shit, and I'm over there now. Yep. And yet, like, you got to march all the way back yeah, over there yeah. to get it. So you can pull your own objectives. Uh, I, love a good I love a good way to make the game be like, okay, fine. That's not doesn't count yeah. anymore. And you're the worst part is we got to stop, and then the, the little clear things are on the table under all the scenery, yeah. and then you got to move those, and then you got to remember which ones are on or off. That was Sung and I's last game. <laughs> well, we were like, okay, we, we, we're not moving the things because they're under the scenery, but we can't remember which points are active anymore. Right. So, a little bookkeeping. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe grab like a token or something like that, like a red X, and yeah. throw, it over the, throw it over the ones that are gone. Yeah, some, some way you know. Yeah, but it, it's super fun. I like the catch-up mechanic of yes. that, where it's like, it's not even going second, it's just if you're behind on, if you're behind on points... You get to choose, and you're going to be fighting over less stuff. Mm -hmm. So it almost, little tactic here, you almost might not want to be winning yeah. in the early game. You might want to you go. You might want to turtle up. Well, battle tactic, I'm just going to not if, do that. Yeah, if you're going to, if you're going to like turtle up for like a, for like a turn or two to set yourself up to be able to choose the two that are not like going to be there and then fight. And so that way the rest of the battle is fought on less objectives. Yeah. If you've got, oh man, that, that's some nasty tech. If you're like, I'm going to toss a battle tactic in the first turn because I know I'm going to get my grand strategy because neither of us brought a wizard or some dumb shit, you know, yeah. one of those things. And you're like, okay, I'm just going to be perpetually two points behind because I know if I control the battlefield, I can grab all the rest of the objectives because I've got the kind of army that does that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Making choices. Making choices. The next one's really important to a good relationship. It is. It's keeping an open line of communication. Lines of communication. Yeah. Would you like to read this one for I'll a read this one. Yeah. The armies. Each player picks an army. I love that they tell you that every, <laughs> every time. time. Every single... Like, you're going to get to the game and go, well, they didn't tell me to, so I guess we don't play the game. <laughs> it's, it's fun. All right. Uh, so, yeah, it, this one is pretty standard. You've got your, your short deployments, uh, territories on both sides, and then three objectives in the middle. You've seen this. The special part of it is disruption. At the start of each battle round, when determining after determining which player will take the first turn, once again, the second turn bonus... The player who's taking the second turn can pick a phase to disrupt, a.k.a. the hero phase or the shooting phase or whatever. 
During that battle round, each time a model in their opponent's army issues a command in that phase, the opponent must roll a dice. On a three-up, they gotta double those command points to make that happen. <clears throat> the opponent can choose whether or not to spend the additional command point. If they choose not to spend it, the command is not received, and etc., etc. Uh, and the command point's lost. So basically, yep. if you're... This is another one of those, like, well, crap. I'm a little behind. Maybe I just got double-turned. I don't, I don't like this kind of thing. What, what are you trying to do a lot? What's the phase where this you want to do a bunch of command stuff? Probably combat. That's a big obvious one, but maybe shooting. Uh, shooting heavy army, throwing out those KO commands and stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uh, let's see. What else? What else is a phase that you would want to disrupt? Oh, I don't know. Maybe the hero command phase. command points would be spent. Yeah, hero phase or like, I don't know. Battle shock. Battle shock. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm going to flip back to the Nagash head again and just be like, just make battle shock an onerous turn for your opponent. Like, those guys can't do it. Those guys got to spend double CP. Have fun. Yeah. And so for certain armies that like generated like a lot of command points, maybe not the biggest issue in the world. Yeah. But for some, but for some armies that like really need those command points, and you're going to be using every single one you generate, this is a nightmare. I don't. Yeah, as the Gargant guy, where I need to spend a CP every turn and have all of them go off correctly, I don't want you to make one of those a risk because yeah. if the War Stompers thing doesn't go off, none of the guys do what they're supposed to do that turn. It's yeah. real dirty. It's dirty. I like it. Big fan. Big fan. Big fan. Oh, the scoring is one, two, uh, one more two opponent thing. Yeah. It's a standard scoring. Standard, standard scoring. Ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> I, you know, I forgot that they did this deployment. Uh, this one is uh, two L It's basically two Tetris pieces. It's yeah. the L shapes this on your Tetris pieces. Every step with a fat, is forward. With a fat bottom. It is, it is. It's a weirdly chunk Texas L. Yeah. <laughs> I don't with, know. Four objectives that also go like along your, uh, basically along like your edge, because your deployment zone is basically is a half yes. of the battlefield, but in a weird way. Hey, tournament uh, organizers, uh, please provide good maps for the next two, two, three maps we're going to talk about on how to set these things up. Oh my god, that one too, because this is going to be a long setup at a tournament. If I roll up to this or the ice fields in a tournament, I'm like, crap. It's yeah. going to take me 20 minutes to start setting up the game. Figure out how this so, is going to go. Yeah. Pre-planned tournament, guys, if you're going to use this weird stuff. It's fun, but plan for the yeah. time. So the, uh, the special rule on this one is give no ground. If a unit makes a charge move until the end of that turn, add one to the number of models that each model in that unit counts for for the purposes of contesting objectives. If a unit retreats until the end of that turn, models in that unit cannot contest objectives so you cannot retreat and contest my dogs my griffhound trick yep that's, i don't like this map anymore this <laughs> specifically is a, it's my griffhound trick this is a this is a move move your stuff forward yeah and I, which is freaking really cool for the charging i was like this is errata for uh, cavalry models <laughs> it's like well we gave you a map yeah just yeah, if you're charging yeah, you count map. as double yeah yeah i uh, that's cool if you're an, if you're an always be charging army hold on uh, counts for the uh, uh, add one to the number of models. Well, I guess yeah, so. For the most part, that's going to be like double or add. You know, it's not going to add like a ton. If you have a gargant or something, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like it doesn't add based on you. So your gargant that's thirty is thirty one. It's still th it's thirty one, right? Yeah. Um, but for like low model, counts there's a lot of elite that doesn't have the gargant or ogre thing where it counts for more. So you're you know you want to have this. This is a really cool thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I'm trying to think of like, are there any armies that specifically anything that charges and retreats is gonna kind of have a weird time because if your whole strategy, like on Nighthawk or Cavalos, mm -hmm. is built around charging and retreating, the retreat part's gonna suck a little bit now. Yeah. So this is actually kind of like, oh, play the game a little differently. You might have to get stuck in a little yeah. bit. Yeah, 
I feel like this is one we might not see in tournaments because A, that does kind of hurt some armies and a lot of them are just like, all right, I was going to charge anyway, so it's just a bonus on top. Uh, and B, I think the deployment thing is a little... It's one of those funky deployments. It's a funky deployment. I, it's almost like I would rather them just remove the like the, the long edge. Yeah. Like it, if you were if your deployment was just like that square yeah. instead of having the edge there, then like it'd be fine. It is also it's a little weird because the pulse moves in a straight line. All of them kind of make sense, but this one is just four weird objectives and that S everybody drew on their college high school notebook yeah. or whatever. So <laughs> like I don't I don't know what that has to do with charging. And yeah. Running. Um, it's a weird one. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. It's because there, it's been uh, the path has been racked with vicious sentient cyclones. Of course. Why would I not assume that it's because of vicious sentient cyclones? Who, who knew? Uh, the constant plague of my existence. Yeah. Uh, the next one, limited resources. Hey, if you hated that deployment and that setup of objectives, get ready to look at your opponent and go, okay, so that's 12 up, and that is half of 11, so that's, fuck, what's half of 11? Where's the point? And then just, yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little, it's a little wonky. Uh, this is half and half mm -hmm. um, on the short edge. The territory's easy, at least. Yeah, the territory's <laughs> easy, and then it's two lines kind of, like, cutting down on either side for your for your objectives. There's it's, six of them. It's HTTP slash slash. Yes, it is slash slash. <laughs> it is the two, it is it the is. two backslashes. Uh, it's, oh, it's the dodge symbol. Yeah. Uh, this, but the, but the tactic's really cool. Yes. So, siphon meltwater. When a player gains control of an objective, they start to siphon meltwater, uh, mm. meltwater from it. Delicious. After scoring victory points, if the player whose turn it is controls an objective that they controlled at the end of their previous turn, they have siphoned all the meltwater from that objective, and for the rest of the battle, that player cannot control that objective. Yes. So you gotta move. So you have to move. But your opponent can. Correct. Because you can both double siphon. Yes. So, so that's interesting. Do you guard a worthless point to prevent your opponent from getting points to on get it? it? While or, having enough army to go out and get some water. Do you just keep moving? Are, yeah, are you just, once again, if you have an army like Gargans, where you're going to just run, 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 you don't guard the point because you just charge out and continue to, you know, mm -hmm. take the water. But yeah. if you have a super defensive army, maybe it's worth it to leave a pack of 10 Plague Bearers right on the outside of an objective so your opponent has to spend an extra turn just to get just on there. fight their way in. To get the water, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's one, 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 and two. Yes. For your uh, victory, for your victory points, I like I like the mechanic on this one. I, the deployment is just once again like I, I get it. I love trying new things. Yeah, this measurements. Just give me some sort of measurement, give me measurements, please. Yeah. I know this. They do this so the board sides can be agnostic and it can expand based on the dimensions. But like, guys, just write the inches on there. Like, we'll do the math. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Well, we 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 can translate from there. It's okay. What I don't want to do is come to game five of a tournament and, and roll up and see once again the ice fields and go, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because at that point, I'll have limited resources for this entire tournament. What's the next map? Spring the Trap. Oh. It's not. It's limited resources. That's oh, the one we is. just did. Yeah. yeah, that's the one we spring just did. Spring the Trap. Yeah, Spring the Trap is the next one. Uh, so Spring the Trap. Yes. This is... It's a... It's... it's oh God, I'm trying to describe this. It's a Brazilian. <laughs> it, is a Brazilian. it is a Brazilian. It's uh, just so a stripe down the middle. So the edges are are non-territory for either player. Mm -hmm. And then you have the middle section up to the halfway line on the short edge um, that is objective for, uh, that is territory for both players. Yes. It's three objectives. So that's a nice thing. It's, it's less objectives to worry yep. about. Standard scoring. Easy to keep track of. Yep. Zach, would you like to read what outflank is? Yeah. During deployment, after both players have set up their units, starting with the attacker, each player can remove D3 units from the battlefield, roll once uh, for each player. Uh, one, roll ones for both players. I'm sorry, I said that wrong. So you 
get the roll once. And place those units in reserve starting from the second battle round. The end of your movement phase, uh, you can set them up wholly within six of the battlefield edge and more than nine from enemy units. It gives cool. everyone a deep strike. Yeah. It gives you all access to the Vanguard slash Beast of Chaos kind of deep strike stuff where you can just Mario teleport in. Mm -hmm. um, also tricky that it's after or during deployment, but after you've set up your units, so you can kind of look at your opponent and be like, oh, crap, I didn't mean to put my hero down. That's 12 long strikes. Boop. If you combine this with other ways to do that. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So this is the, because it's after. That for me for a second while I pull up the bullshit. Because it's after deployment. Yes. So you can actually have less than half of your models on the table as a Stormcast player. I do, often. That's hilarious. You again. could almost have none of your models on the table. I always like having none of my models on the table. That's <laughs> usually how my game's in. Because if so. it's like, if you have like six units and half of them, have, and half of them are up in space and the other half are on the table. And then you roll, you know, a five or a six. You can say, okay, cool, cool. None of my models are on the table. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I was looking up Bastion real fast. He lets you redeploy. He doesn't let you put them back in reserve. Ah, uh, okay. But you could still really, you could set up your stuff and then move all of it to a different side of the table entirely. And then just put half of it back in the box. And your opponent would be like, what? <laughs> uh, you, you, can, you can start with nothing on the table. If you're playing Beast of Chaos and they also do that, that first turn is hilarious. Because <laughs> it's just like, well, what do you want to do? <laughs> the scenery's cool. <laughs> Nothing, nothing on the table. Yeah, I guess we'll skip all the phases and go straight to the moving toys. Yeah, we're going right to right to freaking round two. Right. I mean, like if like both people choose not to like deploy or too many things, it can be like, cool. Here's a 500 point battle on turn one, and then maybe the rest of the battle shows up. It's a it's a real weird one. Yeah, it's it's funny that it's like spring the trap. I guess that's supposed to be the trap. Is the people coming in from the edge? Yeah, kind of thing. But if you're both springing a trap, <clears throat> then both of your traps don't now, go everybody's off. Been trapped. All the traps go off at the same time. I guess you trap each other. And it's mouse trap. I don't know. Uh, no, that doesn't work. Yeah, never worked. It's never. No one in the history of mankind has ever made mouse trap actually function like it's supposed to. I'm guaranteed. I, anybody's house I ever went to, that thing was missing two pieces from, and it was always two different pieces. It would never work. Worst Rube Goldberg machine. Ever. I know. Well, who decided to put a Rube Goldberg machine in a children's toy made of shitty plastic uh -huh. in a cheap factory? <laughs> like, yeah, it's probably not going to work very well. Downtown? Yeah. It's, it's cheap factory downtown. Yeah, yeah, cheap yeah. factory. Yeah. Uh, Fountains of Frost. Oh, yeah. Who? What, what is it? Okay, short territories, shorter territories, and three on your objective line. So yes. one of those ones where there's no objectives outside your territory. Mm -hmm. So that's important so for stuff. Six objectives, on the, uh, six objectives on the map. Yeah, you just get three on your right on your uh, front porch there. Yep. A uh, couple of different rules for this one. Yes. Uh, so it's one, uh, and then two, and then more than you objected. So it's one, 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 and two. Uh, geysers of Primal Magic. So this is your Antidorian Locust units. Count as ten models for the purposes of count of contesting objectives. Oh, oh geysers and galsers mm -hmm. of Primal Magic. All right, let's be inclusive. And at the start of each Battleshock phase, roll a dice for each objective that is contested by three or more units. And on a four-up, each unit contesting that objective suffers D3 mortal wounds. <laughs> So, Yikes. So don't pile up a bunch of guys don't on an objective. Pile, yeah, do not pile a bunch of dudes on an objective. Which is this, hard because they're all right in your front porch on the first turn. <laughs> it's like, everybody out. Run. Yeah, get away from you them. Gotta, you got to move. So, again, super fascinating because you can't, you don't want to turtle. Yeah. Or if you do, you turtle with, with or, two. Yeah. I, or turtle in the middle of the board. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you try to cut them off yeah, from getting to from you. Getting to you. And then you kind of keep your magicians like your mages on the back line because they each count is 10 yeah this feels like you kind of just park a wizard you bring three wizards you park three of them on the back objectives and the rest of your army goes off and does stuff tries to fight in the middle yeah, yeah. it's 
fascinating. And you hope nobody has a teleport where they start picking off those wizards. Right. Yeah. yeah. Again, you, you gotta make some weird choices. Yeah, this one's fun too. And it doesn't, and it's not one of those like in the previous ones where it's like only this type of unit can contest the objectives. Yeah, it just gives a bonus to it the wizard. It just gives a bonus to the unit. And I am okay with a six wound wizard counting as 10 models more than a, what was it, eight wound champion or whatever that could have 14 different artifacts on it and throwing stuff to people behind him and a ward save. Like wizards are a little less durable. Right. That feels less onerous that he's like, and also it only counts as 10. It's not. Like you said, only he can hold that objective. Right. So my Gargan isn't standing there being like, I, can't I don't know, God, boss, that one guy. Yeah, I can't contest any of the, these objectives because I'm not that thing. Yeah, no, it's not that. It's you just count as 10. Yes. Solid. Solid. Finally. Hey, tournament people, put this in your tournament. Yeah. It's got an easy setup. Easy setup. And it's fun. And it's challenging, but not obtuse challenging. Right. How about the ice field? Hey, tournament people. <laughs> Maybe not on this one. I think this is a cool map. I really like the effect, uh, but that deployment is a measure 15 times add in twice. But if you're playing Hammers of Sigmar and you have a ward of six up within 12 inches of an objective, congratulations, you have a ward. The entire <laughs> the table entire is, is within 12 inches yeah. of the objective. It is. So this is one of the ones that's a weird one because it's half and half, but it's on the, it's on the long way. Yeah, yeah. You so, play it the way we should have played our battle report when we were filming from the wrong angle and realized that once we started playing the game. Yes. Uh, six objectives, and yeah. the, this one has an ice-encrusted domain, which does what, Zach? Why? Each time a unit runs, it suffers D3 mortal wounds. No wrong. Just don't run. Stop running. Uh, no running in the pool. This is the pool! We have now decided that this is called the pool. Mm -hmm. uh, there's no running in the pool. You take D3. When you make a charge roll for a unit for each dice that shows a one before modifiers are applied, that unit also takes D3. That makes me sad because my Charybdis roll 3d6 for charging, and boy, boy am I going to crank two Everyone ones. Everyone is going to be d3. Everyone. Now, that doesn't say that the charge doesn't go off, which right. is important. So if you if you don't care, you don't care. If you're going to be charging, you're going to be charging anyway. But um, talk about, like, choices, because run and charge suddenly becomes very dicey. It's That's uh, 2d3 damage. Yeah. Like, possibly. You're going or to, you're, 3d3 possibly. Yeah, you're going to take a d3 damage yes. regardless because the run just happens. On a charge, anytime I see, you see a one. Yeah. Whew. That's uh, That does become, like, problematic when at the end of the turn, or at the end of the game when you've got, you know, your cavalry has, like, two horses left. You're, and you're, and you're like, trying oh. to, you, you, like, you need to run over and cap I need to get this guy on an objective, or I need to get a battle tactic, but I don't want to run and have my wizard die on the way to his thing because I forgot to move him the six inches. Uh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, I man. like that a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, I also like that it has the, it has a simple scoring. Yeah, simple scoring. Yep, simple scoring. Uh, and it has uh, six objectives in a circle. That's the only way I can think of to describe the nonsense yeah, of that circle. It's, I don't think it's the worst, like measuring. No. Measuring out of it. It's the only. It's just not great. It's not. Yeah, it's a lot of setup. You have to. Yeah. You have to super measure this before you start. Yeah. Uh, but it doesn't say you can't move the objective, so I guess I could just rearrange it. That's true. At some point. And then we move to Power Flux. Power Flux. Uh, this is half and half on the short side. Four objectives. There's A objectives and B objectives. Yep. You each get an A, and the Bs are on the borders between the uh, the two territories. That they are. Um, so this one does have some weird scoring. Uh, but the first thing is the Aether Surges. In this battle, players can only score victory points for objectives they control if the objective has been activated. At the start of each battle round, after determining which player will take the first turn, the player taking the second turn must choose which pair of objectives, either A or B, are activated for the battle round. Mm -hmm. So this is your very clear, hey, if you're going second, 
you get to choose what objectives are actually going to be yeah. going. And if you're if it's kind of um, you know turn like three maybe or so, and people are kind of all spread out, this could be bad because you could pick one and be like, well, I'm going to pick the one that I have, and also one that you can't get to because you've come over here to try to take it. Because last turn it was the other set. Mm-hmm. This is one of those where you kind of have to try to hold all four objectives or three of them at least. Yeah, at least three of them. Typically. If you can push your opponent into their territory, right, you might be okay. Uh, scoring for this is you score one victory point if you control at least one activated objective. You score one victory point if you control both activated objectives. And you score one additional victory point uh, for each activated objective you control that is contested by a friendly Antidorian Locus and that has no enemy Antidorian Locus units contesting it. And you score one victory point if an enemy wizards were destroyed in that battle round. So this is also wizard kill. Yeah, if you just kill a nerd, you also get another point. Yeah. So, you know, and that's that's fantastic because that offsets the fact that I looked at it and went, well, I don't have a locust, so I'm not going to be able to get that extra point. Oh, I will because I'm just going to beat a nerd to death. Yep, beat the nerd to death. And if they don't have a locust either, then it doesn't matter because that's we're both not getting that extra point. Bingo. Yeah. Yeah. So it's if you have nerds, you can get additional. And if you don't, then you kill your opponent's nerds so you can get additional. Yeah, and then nobody has nerds. And then Slaughter of Sorcery goes off. The Summer of Slaughter of Sorcery, baby. That's what we're doing here. Ooh, uh, the Frigid Zephyr. Zach, you want to take this one? I'll, Explain this to me. Uh, oh, is this a hard one? No, I'm trying to remember. Okay, this is not the one that I was like. Well, okay, so this one uh, is the checkerboard flag deployment again with three diagonal objectives down the middle. Um, at the start of the battle, the battlefield is affected by a squall. Uh, so you all have to find a copy of Final Fantasy VIII and play it. Uh, units, until the squall dissipates, units more than 12 inches apart are not visible to each other. Pretty cool. In addition, until the squall dissipates, models cannot fly. Oh, nice. At the start of each battle run after the first, after determining who will play the first turn, blah, 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 the squall has not been dissipated. The player taking the second turn rolls the dice and adds the number of the current battle round. On a 7-up, the squall dissipates. So, realistically, turn 1 is always going to be this way. Right. Probably turn 2. Very likely turn three, because at that point you're you've kind of middle of the ground odds on that. So you could have a game where nobody can fly, and you can't see each other outside of twelve inches. Yes. Sorry, I don't think you want to find this one in a tournament, do you? There. No. With the guns. And, and with a freaking KO player, that's a that's a this is a one. hard one. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, what do you do? Well, if you shotgun them, you have to get in range, and you have to get within twelve, and then you st- and then you have to make that choice, even because the other freaking. Uh, Rome rules are still active as well. Yeah. So it's not like you can like do the get within 12 and, st- I mean, you gotta be shooting. You gotta, you gotta do weird, like, you have to make some really interesting choices. Yeah. I'm trying, units more than 200 fucking visible. I've seen if there was any, like, weirdness. So you can still do, like, pick orbital a point. Can- yeah, orbital cannon still works. Yeah. Um, and obviously the spells. Uh, spells are always gonna be kind of, I feel like, a thing that does good in this. Mm-hmm. I wonder why. Um, so the spells would be good as well. But still, that's... This one, uh, I feel like I would be okay with it in a tournament because I don't play any armies that really need to fly anywhere. Right. Or sh- if I have a shooting army, I can get them within 12 easily. So for me, meh. But I could f- see this in a tournament maybe not being super fun for uh, armies. Like, as a KO player, if you saw this in a tournament, would you think, I still have a chance, or would you be like, oh, this is the one where I'm lucky if I get my battle tactics? I would still feel like I have a chance Okay. at it, because the deployment zone isn't terrible. The, the thing is, like, you can still move, right? Yeah, I mean, you're you're not... You just it's, mo- it's not like you can't fly, and that means your ships just sit on the ground. Yeah, you just move normally. Yeah. Um, and you can't, like, perch yourself on, like, 
scenery type of you stuff. You can't fly over stuff is the problem. Because right. if you've got a terrain-heavy board and you're a KO player, you're not used to even looking at terrain. Yeah, you just You view it. the map like a 2D map, <laughs> and now all of a sudden it's like third dimension yeah, is you're out. Like, oh, and you're no. like, oh, no. Everything has height. You have to move around this stuff. Yeah. Weird. This is bizarre. Uh, yeah, it, I don't, it would not bother me to see something like that. Because, I, I mean, I think with tournaments personally that, like, you know, you get these maps, you should kind of have, like, as a tournament member, you should probably be using all the maps. Yeah. I mean, I am cool with it. I like, I, I haven't found one yet. Maybe, maybe it's still in here. We're only on Battle Plan 5, Table 2. But I haven't found one yet where I'm like, this would be so much not fun Yeah. in a tournament. Like, don't, please don't put this in a tournament. Uh, because the most fun one is no, re no reward without risk. Yes, because people explode. Anything that so, has more explosions yeah. is down. This is checkerboard, but opposite checkerboard. Mm -hmm. um, and there's five objectives on this one. You have one in the middle, and then you have one on each kind of your yeah, midpoint of the like your of your territory. Yeah. Um, your feedback overload is the special one for this. When a wizard is slain before removing that model from play, roll a dice. On a four up, the wizard explodes. All their magical energies are released uncontrollably. Each unit within a number of inches equal to the wounds characteristic. Of that wizard, suffers D3 mortal wounds. So if you have a 10-wound wizard, that is a 10-inch range. <laughs> That's just going, uh, boom. Nagash has 18 wounds. <laughs> so if somebody, so if somebody kills, kills Nagash, Nagash, everything on every the table goes with him. <laughs> you park Nagash in the middle of the table in this map, and you go, all right. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a four-up whether or not this really fucks both of us over or not. It's just... Just hitting everything. It's also fun if you've got a lot of little wizards all over the place and they're just exploding everywhere and stuff. That's cool. I kind of wish it wasn't a four up. I kind of wish it was like just, a two. It just happened. Or yeah, yeah two up. I like, I like the chance of it not happening, but I would like it to be like a three or mm. two because I think it's the theme of the map, so it should happen. This runs the chance of it just never happens, and this is just a standard map. Yeah. Because otherwise the scoring's the same. That doesn't explode. So if you get this and you have the two armies that don't bring wizards, you go, go. Cool. You get to ignore that. Yeah, five objectives. Here's our deployment. Let's play a normal game of Warhammer. Warhammer Classic, even. Yeah. Um, but if you got some wizards, or if both of you brought six wizards, it's wizard explosion party. It's going to be, it's chaos. Absolute chaos all over the place. I like it. This, this is the one. Th this one has its own token. <laughs> it does have its own token. And so I looked at, I saw I, the token. I, when I, when I pulled, it's the last map, too. Yeah. They usually put the bullshit one on the last page. When I pulled out the book and I saw the tokens in the back, and I saw it, towers. And I was like, what <laughs> yeah. the hell does that mean? <laughs> what like, are towers? What are, yeah, what I is. Like, I don't know that rule. <laughs> uh, do you want to take this? Sure. It's half and half, short edge side. Uh, There's it's two objectives. Two objectives. So. Yeah, all right. Yeah, it's in the deployment is where the stuff happens. Yeah, the attacker picks which territory is their territory. The other territory is the defender's territory. Each player chooses one defensible terrain feature or faction terrain feature wholly within their territory to represent a wizard's tower. Wizard's tower. Props if you actually bring wizard's towers. Yeah. Because they made a bunch of them. They did indeed. Wizard's towers have the arcane scenery rule. In addition to any other scenery rules they have. So they get your random scenery, and you also have plus one to cast. Yeah. The players then use alternating deployment. Uh, you have to set up within nine, uh, oh wait, yeah, more than nine inches from enemy territory. Uh, victory points. You score one victory point if you control at least one objective. Uh -huh. You score one victory point if you control both objectives. You score two victory points if you complete the battle tactic you picked that turn. Okay. Okay. Pretty standard so far. But where does it get weird? 
Each player scores victory points at the end of the battle as follows. At the end of the battle. Boy, I really hope it doesn't involve any sort of rules I don't like learning, like garrisoning. Score two victory points <laughs> if friendly units are garrisoning the wizard's tower in your territory. God dang it. If your starting army did not include any units that could garrison a terrain feature, score two victory points if you control the wizard's tower in your territory instead. Thank you. As the Gargan. Yes. I was like, what? I, I can't. I mean, he's going to put it on as a hat. Yeah. <laughs> that could do. And then you score two victory points if there are no units garrisoning the wizard's tower in enemy territory. So here's the, here's the thing. You've got I have two, two questions, but I'm going to let you go because yeah. I think I just broke something. <laughs> You've got two objectives. Uh, they're both on the on the on the halfway line, so you have to pick which one's your wizard's tower, which one is your opponent's wizard's tower. Uh huh. You have to score normally for most of the battle, which is super thematic, by the yeah. way. I love this for a narrative. I'm not sure on a tournament, yeah. but I like this for narrative. And then at the very end of the game, you need to be garrisoning. A t you need to be garrisoning your tower with a wizard if you have one. Yes. Um, but if you don't have, if you didn't bring any wizards for your for your whole thing, then whatever. Um, and then to make sure that your opponent is not garrisoning in their wizard tower. Or you wind up just both, like, fighting a big fight, and then at the end of the battle, you both go, all right, well, we're going back into our wizard towers, and then we just walk away. So, besides all of that, smash to rubble. Yes. You can just smash your opponent's wizard tower. Correct. It no longer is defensible. Uh-huh. So they automatically can't do that part. So Gargant players get a little extra funsies on that because you got a lot of chances to just beat the crap. Oh man, the visualization of a bunch of wizards of a bunch of wizards in the tower with a bunch of Gargants just beating up the bottom of it. Does that work? Am I am I completely off on that? No, that's that's far as I'm aware. That is that is a hundred percent. So anything that destroys scenery or corrupts it does something to scenery. There's a couple of other things out there that do scenery manipulation stuff like this. I think there's a Nurgle spell that I'd ever take that does. Um Oh, man, that's true, too. Anything that lets you target a scenery piece and hit all the people inside of it is going to be a nightmare because they have to try to keep people in the tower, and you can just murder them yep, while murder they're standing the, still. Yep. Murder them in the tower. Yeah. I like this one. It's, I, a, it's a weird one. You want to play this one? We should play this on the channel. Oh, we should hunt. I have two actual... I have the one from Malign Portance and one of the other GW things that are big wizard towers, so we could actually have set wizard up towers? wizard towers. I won't play Gargans. I feel like I could actually... With my, with my Gargant list, I have nine chances at a 24-inch move on the first turn to ruin this game for you, so I'm not going to do that. But um, this seems like a super cool cities or Stormcast thing where it's like, protect the tower, man, and you ride out and fight and stuff. Have a bunch of dudes. I'm going to park a bunch of dudes in there that are that are shooting, shooting out of the wizard tower. <laughs> <laughs> the, KO, the KO wizards, it's guns. <laughs> we, we're going to cast gun. I cast gun. <laughs> I think that is, you know what? I take it back. It is the most bullshit one, but it's the most fun one. I, in a tournament, it is very silly. Tournament and very people, yeah, for where we're playing. Absolutely. Uh, I will say, tournament people. Not that any tournament organizer is ever listening to me for advice, but if you are, be aware that that means that the people who have the ability to destroy terrain are going to have a much better game on that one. Anybody that's got a monster. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. That could be a bad feels for somebody who's like, I can't do. If you don't have a monster or a wizard, that's hard to deal with because you're only going to be able to put people in it. And if someone smashes it, it's like, well, guess I'm just killing. So that's the only one, I think, out of all of them, because we're also on the final thoughts segment now. Mm, final thoughts. Um, I think out of all of the battle maps, that's the only one where I'm like, oh, that could be unbalanced based on the list type. Maybe the one where running is punished if your whole thing is built on run and charge. 
and you now you're just gonna have to lose a lot of guys to do that, and it's not what you want to do. Yeah. But it still feels like this. This one's the only one that's like, oh, this could be really unbalanced on turn one if you whoopsie something. Otherwise than that, though, these all seem good. Pretty solid. Yeah. I think the battle plans. Let's give them letter grades because we Ooh. never do that. So why not? Are we giving letter grades to the battle plans? To the, well, okay. let's give them letter grades to the to the sections. Oh, we could do individual battle plans too. Yeah, I'd love to give uh, letter grades to battle plans. All right. So, geometric pulse. I'm giving this one an A. I'm going to say I'm a solid A. Yeah. It's fun. It's easy to set up. I like it. Nexus Collapse, I'm also going to give this one an A. I'm going to give this one a B plus. Is it because of the setup? It is a little bit because of the setup. That's what made it not be an A plus for me. Yeah. Because I like everything about it, except I don't like the weird whatever the, the, this is. Weird... This is the S thing. Because look, if you draw the S on it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. You all know what I'm talking about when I say the S thing. Uh, lines of communication. I got to remember which one this was. This is an A for me. Uh, oh, yeah. This one's, this one's a... I would say an A minus only because it's less fun than all the other ones. Yeah, it's it's less it's, thematically it's less, fun. It's less thematic, less fun, but it's a. I think this is perhaps like the most solid, like balanced tournament map. Is our entire grading of this just going to be that one scene in Monty Python, the Holy Grail, where the guys like castle ah because it's all A's, uh, it's all A's. <laughs> that was a long way into that bit. Uh, every step is forward. Here, no, it's not. Uh, I'm giving this a B minus. What the hell is that deployment zone? I'm, this is a C for me. I it's, was being nice with a B minus. Yeah, it's a, it's a C, and it's teetering, it's teetering on a C. Yeah, I, I really I really like every step is forward because I like the give no ground portion of this. I that deployment. And the deployments the deployments rough, man. The deployment deployments and rough, the, and the objectives are rough to try and measure out. Also, you know what would be a better setup for this is a small deployment with a bunch of objectives in the middle. So you're encouraged to get out of your zone and charge forward and fight in the middle. This right now feels like you might never charge because you can hold two pretty much within the first turn if you've got a decent-sized army. If you can snag a third, you don't charge anything. You just stand you just there. just stand still. Yeah. I think it's a good bunch of good ideas. Misses the mark. Yes. Limited resources. This is the one where you got to drink some drinky water. I like this one. It's a B. I think it's a B as well because uh, the complexity of keeping up with the previous turn thing that you did that turn. So now I can't get that one, but you can get that one. Turn one, did I drink this or not? Did I drink it? Did I, did I control this or not? Yeah, you need you need a separate set of drinky tokens. Yeah. So you can put down when you're, when you're, when you're done, you mark yep. it. A quench token. Uh, spring the trap. I don't, I don't know, like A, a minus for it's fun. Yeah, this is an, this is an A for me. It's fun. Yeah, this is an A. Yeah, I'll, I, I'll take an A on Spring the Trap. This is e it's easy enough to remember. I think I, I'm only going to say. And I like the hilarity of theoretically starting a game with no models on the table. That's with fun. either army. I think that's fun. I think I'm only going to give it an A minus because I would like this is and a couple of these I kind of want to see a different scoring mechanism baked in to the thing. Mm. Like maybe there's some sort of reward. If half of your army is off the table, or more more units are off the table, or so, like something that says like, hey, if you took a little risk on this, you get an extra point in the beginning or something for like, you know, really banking on the trap mechanic working. Interesting. Versus going, mm, I don't want to interact with this trap mechanic because my army doesn't play like this, so mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't know. Fountains of Frost. Fountains of Frost. Uh, this is the one where uh, each objective. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I think this one's pretty simple. I, uh, I like this one. It's A for me. I was gonna say a, B plus. Yes, I guess. Yeah, like because like the, the the weirdest part of this is just the uh, the you have to remember only two guys per point. Buddy system. Yeah, <laughs> you got a buddy system. Listen, it's an, you cannot have threes a crowd on any of his yeah. objectives. But I like it's it's an easy deployment zone. 
That's really it's a really easy deployment zone. Oh, I do you love that. You don't have that. to worry about being nine inches away in any way, shape, or form. You are nine inches away based you on your deployment zone. Stand on the edge. Yep. You're going to stand on those objectives. Done and done. The ice fields. Ugh. It's a B minus for it's me. Same here. B minus. Great, fun thing with the running um, and the charging and stuff. That's kind of cool, but my God, that deployment zone. Yeah, it's rough. It's is, is goofy. Power flux. Uh, this is an A minus. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and give this one a B, and that is mostly because um, it, it interacts a lot with the locust thing, and that's the only thing. Like having the the scoring for the one victory point for each activated, you have to keep track of who's activated. You have to make sure you have a lot. It's a lot. It's a little more extra work than I like on top of a map. Mm. Fair enough. That's uh, not that's not going full in on the theme and being like <laughs> nonsense wizard tower fights. Like this is like go all the way or yeah. dial it back to a normal map kind of thing. Uh Frigid Zephyr. Uh this is the so I think this is great. I think this is great too. Okay, cool. Cause I was like, I'm gonna give it an A. I'll I only give it an A minus because it is very devastating. Not devastating, it's very challenging for like two armies specifically, which would be Night Haunt, because they can't fly, which means they can't go through stuff. They have big blobs of things that can't get anywhere. They don't have your ability to put everybody in one boat, move it, and then drop them out again. Mm. So they, Night Hunt has a hard time with this because the terrain is set up weird. Those big blobs can't get into the fights they want to get into. Well, this is an A for me because I don't care about Night Hunt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a very subjective grading scale here. Yeah, we do. I mean, I've graded the one because I don't want to set it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, no reward without risk. This is a it's a A minus. It's a B plus for me. Yeah. It's it's a map that you could show up and go, oh, we don't care. It's just yep. a normal game of Warhammer. Or it could be hilarious. Or it can be hilarious. I'm, I'm banking on hilariousness. I hope this one shows up at a tournament and I hope all of the wizard like the mountains of wizard players all just have like a game yes. where all of their wizards explode and it just kills everything. Oh man. Or just one big Nagash or Techless explosion. Yeah. The uh Towers in the Tundra, it's a B minus for me. Towers in the Tundra is going to be a B-plus for me because of the thematicness, uh, because that's my kind of dumb shit. This uh, is the kind of dumb shit I want to do in a narrative battle. They, they snuck a narrative map in. They snuck a narrative they map in. They snuck a narrative yeah, map this in. This is why it's a B-minus for me. Like, I, I'm super excited to play this map. I don't want to play this map in a tournament. Yeah, the, the problem with the tournament is, uh, and I'm maybe just thinking of our local tournaments, is having the terrain features, enough terrain features for a tournament where this map can actually happen. Right. So probably not going to see this in a lot of tournaments because the organizer is going to go, wait, 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 we got to do 12 tables, so I need 24 wizard towers. Where am I going to get 24 wizard towers? You got me, dude. Yeah. Um, All right, let's, so grade those are our the, let's grade the sections. Are you ready? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so overall, I'm going to say <laughs> endless spells, A+. Plus. Uh, I am super happy with the endless spells. Given the endless spells and A minus, and that's only because I'm salty shackles. about my shackles. Yeah, the shards. I was like, I don't know, but I realize it still has a really good use. It's just not for me anymore. Sometimes yeah. you know you gotta let the shards out. You just gotta you, you can't you can't hold them too tightly. You know you must let them out and let them grow and become a spell that you don't use anymore. Because when you do, Maelstrom and Gravetide come around and they're just <laughs> showing up in my list now. Just doing for stuff. sixty points, I get both of them. Amazing. Fuck it, man. Why not? Yeah. Uh, what was the other sections? The core, the okay. So here's the the big one, the the main thing, like the main overall rule set. It's an, a, it. it's an A plus for me. I I think so. I th a, I'm going to say A because the primal magic thing. You can see how much it takes to explain this. We get it, but in a tournament, am I going to have to explain this to somebody, or are they going to misunderstand it? And like, I really hope that this is simple enough. Like, they, it's a little weird, like, the first time, and then you play it once, and you're like, oh, yeah, we just roll the dice. We just each roll the dice at the start of the hero phase, and we hold that dice off to the side. 
if we roll and we want to power up a spell, we roll it and see what happens. We roll it and see what happens. Yeah. If if you're showing ones, that's bad. If you're showing sixes, that's awesome. So I guess Zinch can't replace the primal dice, but they could replace their other dice. Correct. Well, boy, Zinch can just straight up magnum a spell if they want well, to. Well, so the it's after modifiers, so you can't use the the primal dice with modifiers. Oh right, right. So you can't. It's it's before re. It's like you can't do it with re rolls or modifiers. So if you're swapping out dice with Zinch. At least my understanding is that you can't use the primal dice. Uh, see, that's exactly why I'm not giving it a full point, because we both are going, uh, based on my understanding, but now I'm looking down going, did I get that right or wrong? I don't know. I don't play Zinch, and I don't particularly care. No. If you're a Zinch player, this is one that's on everybody who's bringing this dumb... If you're bringing a lot of wizard stuff, know your rules. Know how the primal dice work, yeah. obviously. It, it, it should be just like it's a, it, it operates by itself. Yeah. And you, get, you get your choice. You get, you get that it. or that. I like it. Hey, look, the scoring sheet. Still I'm in glad there. it's still in there. Yeah. So this is a weird thing. Did you notice the font size on the battle plan list is insanely big? Yeah. Why is it so big? I don't know. It's like they didn't, they turned on bold. It's weird in a table. This is completely not has anything to do with the book for the table headers to be smaller than the things in the table. Yeah. That's bizarre. Very strange. Looking for me. But yeah. Uh, and hey, look, it's got, look at this. You hear that? You hear that, people at home? Besides, nice and snappy. Besides my thong, it's still got the little snappy thing. And it's a little spiral book and you can still, well, it was standing up. You can still, all the good things we love about the GHB's format and size and space it takes up is and still man, here. I'll tell you what. I hope you like this book because you're stuck with it for the year. Yes. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the, you're stuck that's with this for a year, and then we're going to get the broken, not broken realms, broken realms part two, <laughs> the unbrokening of the realms. So that will add in maps and rules and stuff like that. So you'll get some flavors, some things, but those are, I'm guessing, mostly narrative. I haven't looked at it yet. No spoilers, but I'm guessing mostly narrative-based maps. So this is it. This is our maps to play for a year, your maps barring year. some weird expansion thing they might do, or like a white dwarf or something, if they decide to put in a couple more and see what happens. Maybe. Who knows? But I, I like where we're at. I Me like, too. I like where we're at for this season. I think this next year is going to be really fun and interesting and bizarre. I have never... I genuinely think it's going to be bizarre, and it's going to be the weirdest list construction that you're going to see in quite some time. I'm excited for that. I'm, you know, I have never been more excited to look at the cover of a book about toys and see a hyphen. Yeah. But when I saw the 2324, I was like, yes, thank you. Thank God. They actually did it. It wasn't just a Warhammer community article, and then they misdirect you. And I'm like, aha, 24.1. It's for January. It. We did it. Yeah, we did it. We bullied them into making it a year-long book again. Yeah. <laughs> I, I honestly think that like, the overall community feedback on that was pretty much universal on, like, no. No. We're not spending a hundred bucks a year to play the game while we're also spending the money on the app every month to have access to all the stuff to play the game. And the new books. And the new book and, and the models. models and yeah, like this, this is a cost that was not accessible. This was a cost that made people go, well, maybe I just won't play that game and we'll not do that whole season. Mm -hmm. Now, 50 bucks for the year. All right. I'm cool with that. Yeah. I, I don't mind. You know, Put out a little errata sheet at some point. I can print out if a bunch of stuff changes, like the battle things they do. Like you just print one of those out and bring it with you. Yep. You know, it's it's easier to play this game. Well, and, and if, if you're gonna push more and more of the stuff to like the app, which yeah, is clearly what they're looking at doing. Like more of this stuff is moving towards the app. So you get the one book, you mm -hmm. got your app, has all the World Scroll stuff in there. You freaking throw in your code, and they have access yes. to everything. So if they need to update anything, they just update it in there, and then you've already got it, and you're good to go. Now we just need to make the functionality work between both your phone and your iPad. Now they, yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, the 40K app does. Yeah. So I went on a little mini rant on one of these, uh, and this is right before we get out. The 40K app, for those of you that are playing that, because we're doing tournaments and stuff and I'm learning the system, um, it's so much better than our app, guys. It's so much better. 
It's so easy to build a list and all of the war scrolls in there, or whatever they're called, uh, when you tap on the keyword, it just brings up the keyword. It's such a well-duh thing. tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, yeah, it even gives you the core rules explanation of it, and it, you can even tap a little thing on there, and it will show you the lore of why that unit has piercing weapons. Mm. And you're like, oh, cool, okay. But I didn't need that. I just need to tap the thing and see a shooting attacks and roll for that. Like, it's, it's very good, guys. Everybody, our, our next bully, we got this. We got the GHB done. Let's bully them to put our app on that system, please, because it's honestly just let's, better. Let's let's fix this up. Let's Searching the, for units is easier. Let's you don't spruce this bad boy up. Yeah, yeah get, it, get it nice and nice and ready for the next year. You got plenty of time. You do have plenty of time. When you add a unit in the 40k app, you don't have to add. Look at your entire list of 4,000 stormcasts and scroll all the way down to find the birds. You can just search. Well, you can do that, or you can just add by the section that they are going into. Hey, I'm going to add a character. Cool. There's my characters. So you don't have to, you know, dig through 84 Stormcast characters to find the one you need on that yeah. kind of thing. You can just yeah. add leaders. Overall, overall, the 40k app is where we are going to be, probably. I can't imagine that they didn't make this and then this is a. You and I have done enough back end work to know this is a template that can be easily put onto Age yeah. of Sigmar. I don't know. I hope they're doing that. We're, we're get, there's updates coming. Updates coming. Updates are coming. All right. So overall, I think we both said. Solid a. book, very solid yeah, book. A, a plus, A plus on my end for this. Uh, I'm very excited for it. Can't wait to get like down and dirty, really. Yeah, play some games, maybe playing a couple tournaments. Like that, I'm, I'm, I'm locked and loaded on this thing. I am so excited. Uh, do you want to before we go? Do you want to hear my stupid Stormcast list? I would love. To this hear is how we'll end the show. Uh, it's called Spellcast Eternals because I'm very clever. All uh, <laughs> right. Uh, oh God, you know what else is great? When you put battalions in on or whatever this. It, the 40k app's so much better. I just loaded and I have like three battalions, so I couldn't read my list on the first screen because oh. everybody's like all organized into weird crap. So here we go. Here's my stupid Stormcast list to take advantage of this whole season. Are you ready? Here are my leaders. I have a Lord Arcanum. He's got Horfrost. He's the only guy that brought it. I, I ran out of spells to put on people. Uh, I have a Lord Arcanum on Tarline. That's Donkey Mouth, if you didn't know. Uh, super good for this season. He doesn't get to be the super duper wizard, but who cares? He does a bunch of other stuff. Uh, and then I have... One, two, three, night encounters, because that's three Jesus. automatic unbinds in that game. <laughs> Not to mention their normal unbinds and spellcasting and their stormcast wizards, so they can also throw down in a fight if they have to. Three automatic unbinds is pretty fucking stupid, but like if people are going to be banking on that 12 spell to go off, I just want to be able to look across the table and go, no. No, no it did not. Um, but hey, guess what else? That didn't take up enough points, and that's a lot of bullshit. So I got 10 Vindicators. And then three more packs of five Vindictors. I said Vindicators. I'm an idiot. It's Vindictors. So you've got 25 Vindictors. That's a lot. You're going to get five of them back at some point anyway, because you're going to pick that thing. Uh, hey, Josh, you know what's really irritating when I have in my list? <laughs> sure. I have 12 Griffhounds in this list, because I also have six Long Strikes. So not only am I shooting the crap out of you, I have dogs preventing you from getting anywhere or dropping anything or relocating using some of these map stuff, because you'll be setting up units from reserve. That does trigger the dog's warning cry, which means those Long Strikes shoot get those you. guys. Um, and then I'm going to be doing, I don't know, one, two, three, four, five, five spells a turn? Six spells a turn? Uh, and Stormcast Wizards, all the spell scouts are like five. So you're just going to roll over them, basically. The biggest one's like a seven. Except for your Horfrost. Yeah, the Horfrost is, I think, the biggest one, and that's the one you, you save your Primal Magic for. Because guess what? Stormcast Wizards, they're going to have wards. They're going to be able to take the damage from a Primal Miscast, and they're also going to heal themselves and all that kind of stuff. 
I'm really, this is the list I'm going to play for a bit because I don't, I think it's fun. I shoot their wizards off with the long strikes. The dogs can go and just do dog stuff, you know, and that's what they're there for. And meanwhile, I've got Vindictors sitting on objectives, which are hard to move, you know, if you don't have the power to do that. And three automatic unbinds is just a mean way to play the game. Because <laughs> if you, if you have a turn, I, it's almost tempting if you do that and your opponent has three casts in the first turn to just be like, nope, nope. You also, no. You don't get to. You don't get to cast any. Of your I don't. Spells. I don't feel like you doing I any of that like, stuff. I don't feel like you. I don't feel like I want you to do it. Yeah. What's that endless spell you're gonna put? Nah, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. That's no, my dumb storm cast. No list. spells for you. Uh, I'm probably going to build one that is maybe based more on like a realistic approach to this game. But right now, guns and a bunch of wizards seems fun. So I'm gonna. I like gonna, guns and wizards. Yeah, it seems like that works for me. Plus dogs. I gotta have some dogs. You'll see in the battle report, everybody. The unit that does best for me in every Stormcast game dogs. is a six-pack of Griffhounds that lives way longer than it should and kills way and too hey, much. Hey, they're, uh, they're all coherency now. Yeah, oh line. my god, I don't have to drift <laughs> the one dog in the back. Because they come in six, and it's so frustrating because there's two of them are never going to get in a fight. Look at them. Look at being, us. Being coherency. Oh, the dogs learn. It's a good glow-up for dogs. I feel like this is a good book. I'm excited to play in this season. Me too. I'm overall positive. I can't wait to see how they screw this up. <laughs> Well, the points are down. The fun is up. What's going on? What is this game again? It's a fun almost, game. It's almost like they looked at this and went, hey, you know what would be good? If we just made it more fun. Yeah, just make like, it more fun. Just, let's just add fun to the game. Let's add exploding wizards to yeah. it. That's always fun. Let's just do stupid stuff. Anytime I would, they learn from the bone splitter guy. When a wizard explodes, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. So let's uh, keep exploding. And everybody wizards. will get the cheer. Yeah. That's what you want. I think we've I think we've hit a point. The candle grows low. The night grows dim. It's actually still completely daylight yeah. outside. And I'm going to retreat to my wizard's tower. Oh, well, I will retreat to my wizard's tower. It's over here. You can't get me because I'm in my wizard's tower. Well, I'm in my wizard's tower, so... My, wiz my wizard's tower's got a paraffin. I think that's the thing on top that you look over that's got the little... I don't know. You know my wizard's tower's got uh, hookers and blackjack. <laughs> Shit, I'm coming over to that wizard's <laughs> tower. Uh, so for the Atlanta Warhammer crew... I'm Josh. And I'm Zach saying, save me some of them hookers. It's like that.